Big Sills, Football Monday. A lot of telling stories from week eight as it closes tonight with Lions and Raiders. Interesting ball game for both teams. Week eight showed us that the league is a week-to-week proposition. As many of you would say in there, the NFL is a flip-flop league. It's a the fortunes of a team can change like Minnesota overnight. Minnesota was getting their steam under them again. And they lose their signal caller. Shit, three weeks ago, after destroying the Cowboys, the Niners were being talked about as one of the better teams, maybe in recent memory. Now three straight losses to very good teams. Really, nobody's had significant wins. I mean, I would say for the Eagles, the Dolphins. Um, but I'll tell you the difference what Philadelphia does compared to everyone else. Philadelphia is the closest consistent team. And they are the most consistent team in the league for the last Two and a half years. Yes, there's not a chip on the other side. Completely understand that. But they've been the most consistent team. And I want to make sure we do this. Okay? We are going to start the show out with this. You're seven and one. And now we're going to dive into what we saw with the commanders. I love how people are giving a $50 million quarterback all these accolades for something he should be doing anyway. It's why you paid him. I mean, you want you want pats on the back for beating the Washington Commanders? And you're getting paid $50 million? What, what? Why are you being paid $50? You're expected to do that versus teams like Washington. Okay? Like when Burrow was sucking out loud. Now, there was an injury factor with him. In the first three weeks, I said it plainly. He sucked. No good. The guy in Buffalo, I said the same thing. You got to win games, kid. You got to be more consistent in Buffalo. You're paid to put performances out there. This is why they invest in you. You don't invest for doing the common. It's crazy how people are sitting there going, wow. Why are you under a wow factor now when the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, makes all that money now when that's something he's expected to do? I'm going to get to all of this here. We're going to do our takeaways and go by the numbers. And I've got, a, I've got a comment here. By the way, are there teams in the NFL that always seemingly give teams trouble? It sounds like an old cliche, but unfortunately, that cliche is appropriate when it comes to Washington. I thought this game would be a blowout, but hey, not the way that they're playing on offense. And I'll explain that in the topic here in a minute. I was just talking to Tone about it. But let's get to the... And, 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 and Twiz goes, no J.D. or Carter. Part of the war of attrition. Ask Minnesota. I get it. 
That's part of the league and what makes the league a week-to-week proposition. Are, 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 <laughs> well, wait a minute. So you guys are going to use no Carter and the 49ers can't use no Trent Williams or Debo Samuel. How's that apply only to you and only to Eagle fans? How does that only apply to you? Okay. Here's my takeaway from that dump in Landover, Maryland, FedEx. Um, Eric Bieniemy did a great job of coordinating that football game. 38-31, Eagles hold on to win. Um, funny, in the first half, like just watching the game, the Eagle first series was three and out. We shouldn't have talked about A.J. Brown either because he's paid $100 million and is expected to make uh, history. Nothing to see here, guys. He's paid to do it. Okay, Rage. You're, you're being paid $25 million in one of the top wide receivers in the game. That's why you're being paid that money. Nothing here? No one's saying that. He's on, his, he's on a historical run. Shit, last year was great. As horrendous and embarrassing as we played on defense, we had two fumbles inside the three and probably should have scored 50 points. Correct. You should have blew that team out. Red zone issues again. Red zone issues again. And turnovers. I don't know why the Philly media refuses to address 11 turnovers in eight games by the quarterback. He played well. He really did. I'm going to get to him. Hang in there. The Eagles' secondary was destroyed. Your cornerbacks are not and have been exposed for being center fielders. Everyone knows they can't play press. And that's why Matt Patricia fired Darius Slay in Detroit. He is not a press cover corner. And remember, Bradbury was fired and a salary cap issue in New York because he also is a center fielder. But that's also by design with the organization. Chiefs had the worst sell of the season. Completely horrible. No excuses to a quarterback sick. I don't give a shit. Um, your corners are terrible. I can, when, when the grades come out, I would hide my head if I were them. This love affair with Kenny Gainwell is just obnoxious. Um, your, 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 your secondary was terrible. Blankenship was killed, made a big play in the game. And by the way, Nicobe Dean is, a, is an absolute liability in pass coverage. Someone, you know what? Somebody had the balls to tweet me out. He made 11 tackles. You know why he made 11 tackles? Because they targeted him almost every pass. And he was playing from behind almost every single pass. He's terrible in pass coverage. So I'm with you with EB. Did an outstanding job. Is Ron Dunn. I thought Biennemi was awesome. Hurts is blossoming before our eyes as a pocket passer. He is. He is. I'm going to get to him here in a minute, okay? Dean, again, I think he made some plays in the run. 
And that goes back to his forte of being in the Southeastern Conference. He's going to be a good run defender. But who truly throws that ball in that conference? He's not a pass-covering tight end. And Dak is going to throw for 500 yards on that guy. And every time they see Dean in the game, they're going to go right at him. He's terrible. Maybe he needs time. Well, maybe they should put him at will and let him matriculate his game into the NFL. That might help. Instead of force-feeding him, look, I'm not saying he doesn't have talent, but what you asked him to do was on display, and Sam Howell killed him. Eric Bieniemy was targeting him. And the safeties and the corners. They were playing pitch and catch. Sam Howe has had a horrible year, except against Philly. Why? Because you play 100 yards off the ball. By the way, Sean Desai should have blitzed more. You didn't get home at all but once. Critical ones. But you should have blitzed more. You think Sam Howe's going to be able to handle a blitz? Blitz more. You're not playing against Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. You're playing against Sam Howe. Blitz him more. But you were afraid because your guys play off the ball. Terrible. Sam Howe just ate that defense up. He threw for almost 400 yards. Sam Howe? Crazy. Um, it was a great first half for Washington fumble in the red zone, red zone issues. You do not as a Philadelphia Eagle organization have a red zone back. You do not. And he's not on the roster. AJ Brown was unbelievable and he is without a doubt unstoppable. I'm going to ask you this question one more time. And I've asked you this for probably three of the last five weeks. You would really take Owens over him? Would you really take Owens over that guy? Boy, they it, it, to me, it's a coin flip now. Would you take Terrell Owens over A.J. Brown? I don't know. Seals, you were right about AJ and Reddick. Best trades Howie's made. Won that game for us. As did Jalen. Okay. Dude. That guy is unstoppable. Those one-handed catches in the corner now. Dude, he is feeling it. If you are Tennessee, you have to look at yourself and say, that could be the worst trade in the history of the franchise. I mean, even going back to the Oilers has to be the worst, one of the top five worst moves in Oilers slash Titan history. Letting him go like that. He's unbelievable. By the way, better than Debo Samuel. Better than DK Metcalf. Um, having, to me, I'd rather have him over Tyree Kill. Sorry. 
I don't like shrimps and little speedster guys like that. I like men. I like men. AJ Brown's a man out there. He plays like Michael Irvin and Terrell Owens. That when I see him, when I see Tyree Kill, I see Djax. When I see AJ Brown, I see Terrell Owens and Michael Irvin. That's who I see. He's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Julio Jones showed up. Red zone. Nice. They should do more of that. Let those big wideouts go up. If you're having issues running the ball in, in the red zone, throw it to AJ. You have a better shot of him coming down with it than you scoring in the red zone until you figure that shit out. Dude, that guy is a man, AJ. Fantastic. As for Hertz, clearly they don't want anything to do with running the ball. It's now the third straight game that the Philadelphia Eagles have not rushed for 100 yards. Three straight games. It's either the injury or they're formulating something different. That's the topic. We're going to get to it here in a minute. Eagles in the red zone with Swift convert 80%, gain well 30%. Outside the red zone, Gainwell has also been responsible for killing important drives. Hey, by the way, the right as much as I like Suopeta from um, um, that Aaron Donald game, that right guard position has been suspect at best, and it is reared its head. The Isaac Sayamalo not being in there is being felt. It's being felt in that old line. It's not as dominant as it was a year ago. Now, is that by fundamental changes in the philosophy? Is that a coordinator now in the organization trying to do something completely different? I'm telling you, that's why the turnovers are up. As for Hertz, he continues to evolve in front of your eyes. Um, the games are going to be closer because this is why you're evolving your passing game on the fly. You're changing your identity right on the fly in front of everyone. You're trying to not be a dominant team anymore or a physical team. You're trying to be a finesse team. But where you get away with that is, is that you have power players and you have impact players like AJ. A AJ is a physical player. Jalen Hurts is a physical player. But you're playing finesse ball. That's why the high turnovers. Again, you can't hide from 11 turnovers in eight games. I don't care what you say. And critical turnovers by the unit itself. You can't. Now, again, the reason we're talking and the reason we're explaining the game to you like this is because many of you throw out the 23 and 2. But for you to validate that 23 and 2 and 7 and 1 start, you got to win a Super Bowl. Or you'll go down like the Golden State Warriors, or you'll go down like the. 17 and one New England Patriots. Hallow wins. Eventually, you got to validate this. You just can't keep 24 and two. It, right now, it's a nice journey, but it, you haven't validated it. There's nothing to validate it with. You're not in this for participation medals. That's why we're talking. And looking at giving you the exact truth of what we saw yesterday.
24 and two, it means nothing to what Kansas City's done. And you guys will go like this. Look at Kansas City dropping that game against the Broncos. And you would assume you think you're better than them. Well, we'll find that out soon. We'll find that out. You were the better team last year and they beat you. Two years in a row, actually. Well, eventually you have to validate these wins with something. Can't just be NFC championships. Validate it. You love, hey, you love the winning. But you love the winning more than winning championships? Validate it. You go down as one of the best teams in the NFC in the last, if you win a Super Bowl this year, what you've done the last two years, you'll validate that run. You'll have a better football team than what happened even in 17 because you know why? What's the one thing the 17 team couldn't do? The 17 team couldn't do what? They couldn't keep consistency going. This team has a chance to validate itself going, okay, we slipped up in the Super Bowl. The year previous, we came back and won it. Something else I've talked about, when Jurgens was in, we averaged six yards a carry. That's right, Warrior. That's right. Let's, let's, look at, let's look now at the numbers. Washington pretty much had their way with the Eagles. And some will go, well, we're missing guys. So is San Francisco. So if you apply that, apply that to your own credibility and what you did in the game. I happen to agree with you. Not having Jalen Carter out there? Absolutely. Hey, by the way, remember when I told you who the MVP of your football team was and I said Jalen Carter makes everything look better and he impacts everybody out there? How's he look when he's not out there? How's that defense look when Jalen Carter's not in the middle of that defense? How's it look? How does it look when he's not there? That guy impacts the entire unit. 38-31, Eagles, always, and this is kudos to you guys, always find a way to win games where other teams cannot. It's a true testament to your character. It really is. It's a testament to the quarterback, to the character. Tremendous. Tremendous. You do not trip. The Jets game, okay. To me, it's a you know, you want to hear me say something that I never say? The Jets game is a fluke, in my opinion. Because that's not what Philly does. That Jets game. Remember, I said this at the beginning of the year. You're probably going to lose a couple games. You shouldn't. And it's just going to be that way. Kind of like Kansas City. Like last year, they lost to the Colts. Now, they have a stinker every year. So did New England during the Brady time. You don't hold it against teams like that that just know how to win. Hey, hey four turnovers? That's a you thing, dude. That's a you thing. That's not a Jets issue. That's a you issue. Total yards, 472 to 374. Commanders. Passing yards. Because of the sacks, 388, 315. Numbers look different. Total, 
Total plays. Commanders, once again, second game in a row. More plays than the Eagles. Held them to 62 plays. Two turnovers. Time of possession. Every single time the Washington Commanders play the Philadelphia Eagles, they pretty much win. Almost every single statistic except the scoreboard because of your quarterback. Out 59 yards rushing for the Philadelphia Eagles. You don't have a running back. And you know why you don't have a running back? When your quarterback is injured, your, your running back is injured. It takes your dual threat away. Hurts, 29 of 38, 319, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 135-7. Outstanding. How? 39-52, 397, four touchdowns, one pick, 114 rating. Insane. Kevin Byers will have a secondary playing better. I, I agree with you, Prince. I think that was a pretty tough situation to put him in on three days' notice of coming over and being traded from Tennessee to Philadelphia, and you drop him in a starting role? That's pretty – actually, I got to tell you, I think that's impressive. Okay? You don't know anything about the formula. You don't know anything about the system, and you started? Shit. Good for you, man. He's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. I mean, he is. Don't care if Dallas beats us. They choke elsewhere. 88. I want that Dallas game. I'll tell you why in a minute. I want that Dallas game. I don't give a shit about the Kansas City game. I don't really care about the Bills game. I want the Cowboy game. I want to put those guys to sleep. I want to put them in a chokehold. And I want to squeeze them out. I don't care about Kansas City. I don't care about those other games on the schedule. I want to choke Dallas out. I want to put them in a Habib chokehold and choke that guy out till he taps. I want Dallas to tap out Sunday. I want to choke them out. I don't know. If I lose to Kansas City, not in my conference. I don't give a shit. This is a the Eagles now are the lead dogs in the race for home field again. Amazing. Look at the lead they have. Choke these teams out now. Choke them out. Choke them out. Dallas. You can choke Dallas out. They're cowards. They talk. If San Francisco can choke them out, you can too. Choke them out. Turn around, lose. I promise you, I swear, I'll bury the lead now. You lose Kansas City, I don't care as long as you beat the shit out of Dallas. And San Francisco. Okay? Choke them out. Choke them out. You have a chance to put, get what they're saying about CD, what is his name? CD Lamb. They're talking about him being like 
like a dominant wideout. And I'm like, you're missing the guy in Philly. But because Philly doesn't have the star power, so to speak, you're talking like 158 yards. You're not watching the best guy on the planet right now because he drags bodies with him to the cemetery. Hertz is the sixth player in NFL history with 300-plus total yards and two TDs in six consecutive games, joining Luck, Breeze, Rodgers, Mahomes, and Young. Exceptional. Exceptional. Exceptional class to be in. DeAndre Swift, I like these carries here, 16, 57, and 1. AJ, eight catches, 132. One of them was just spectacular. Devontae got going, 7 to 99, 1. Ryan Robinson, 5.9 yards a carry. Dotson, 8-108. The tight end got going because he was all over Dean. Exceptional. Game balls. Choke those Cowboys out. Choke them out, man. Guys. You have an opportunity this week to make an enormous statement in the league and with the media in the league. Beating the Jets, beating the Dolphins, great. Beating the Cowboys and knocking them into backseat status again and putting them at the back of the bus is what you want to do again. Make Dallas sit in the back of the bus. I ain't moving. You sit back in the rear with the gear, dog. All the lead dogs are up front. When you're on a sled and you're in the Iditarod, they don't put the weak dog up front. They put the weak dog in the back. They put the head dog up front. And be the head dog. I want to be the head dog. That's... The most impressive thing about Sunday for me with the Eagles was they just refused to lose. That's in a that's a character thing that you have inside you, man. That you just you're just not gonna lose. It's a Michael Jordan factor. That's right, Chris. It's fucking time. Take them out. Michael, thank you. Take them out, man. God dang it. You got Dallas right now wondering, you know what they're doing? So who they beat? They beat the Rams. <laughs> the Eagles weren't even playing well that game. They kind of did. And Dallas is crowing about beating the Rams and the shitty Chargers. And guess what? You're like, they're going to go, well, look at the Commanders. Commanders have good coaches. There's a reason Eric Bieniemy and Jack Del Rio, hey, Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, you can think whatever you want about them. They've all had success in the league. But the thing I take away from them, I walk away from that commander game doing this. Man, you got Dallas this weekend. This is the greatest time right now for you just to kick that dog all over that freaking stadium and beat that dog down so bad that that dog will never come back to that 
doghouse ever again the same. You got to take them out and kill that thing. Just take them out. They talk too much. It's too much bullshit. It's not real. What you saw in FedEx was real. Hard-fought football game. Quarterback not playing his best because he's injured. They're changing the offense around a little bit on him. You don't really have a running game going, but you're still winning. You don't drop turds. If you lose a game, you lose a game. When Dallas loses a game, they get stomped. Dallas are frauds. That's a fraud football team. Micah Parsons is a fraud. I mean, if I had a guy on my football team talking about another team being the best in the league, I'd start a fight with him. That's not a guy I want to go to battle with. Tone says the, the commanders are a quarterback away. I truly believe that. Damn, Tone, that guy threw for 400 yards. I mean, I actually like Sam Howe's toughness. Sat in the pocket, took some hits. I don't know. Maybe if you got the guy a better old line. Why, when I look at him, I see Brock Purdy almost. You think if you put Sam Howe on the 49ers, when you get the same result, Brock Purdy give you? I'd like to see a little better old line around him. People in there going like this, the Eagles secondary's ass. They're still 7-1. and one. No matter what I say here right now, no matter the criticism I give or the evaluation that I give, they're 7-1, and one, and they don't drop games. They don't go on three-game losing streaks. They don't get beat by 30. They're the only team in the league. You don't go to Denver and make the excuse up that my quarterback had, like, the sniffles. Patrick Mahomes had the sniffles. That's the excuse you're going to use for having Denver have really no offense and beat you. Well, that's a lame-ass excuse. Well, let me get this right. Travis Kelsey didn't have his squeeze box, and that's another reason they didn't play well. It's dumb. Don't talk to me about a guy with the sniffles. Guy had the sniffles. He didn't play well in Denver. What do you think this is, baseball? Jesus, man. Patrick Mahomes had the sniffles. Whatever. She says, why are you pandering? to? I'm not pandering to Eagle fans. Dallas has a secondary, big physical corners. Shooter thinks I pander to Eagle fans. Shooter, you're not in here very much then. Look at look at look at this guy in here telling me now I'm pandering to Eagle. Hey, Eagle fans. Eagle fans, do I pander to you? Do I pander to you? Do I come on here on a daily basis and pander to you? Like WIP or the other things. Do I pander Eagle fans? Pandering? 
I know, Shooter. <laughs> hey, that's one thing you never do. I wish you did more, actually. <laughs> that's why when you make a statement like this now, Tone, it's more emphatic. Hurts was sick against Tampa, and we won. Q, I don't give a shit about guys with sniffles. Well, he was sick. So what? Go to a doctor. Get out there and play. If your legs aren't broken, get out there and play, Deshaun. Yeah, but probably something wrong with uh, Deshaun Watson's hymen next. I mean, my God almighty, that guy will come up with any excuse not to play. Kobe played with with the flu and dropped 50. Mahomes gets the flu and can't beat that trash Denver team. If you play, I don't care what someone is dealing with. You're out there, go ball. Absolutely, man. There's no excuses in football. Baseball is a cowardly sport and a flopping in basketball. I hate it. Soccer, same thing. I can't watch that kind of shit. I agree. Just adding to your point. Thank you, Q. Yo, Big Seals, you got me fired up. I'm ready to run through walls. Take out Dallas. Davis and Carter are keys to the defense. Both missed. Absolutely. 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 You've got a chance to make a statement against the Dallas Cowboys. Choke them out. End Dak's career in Dallas. Get Mike McCarthy fired. Set that franchise back. You're 7-1. And, and you act like it. Dallas beats the Chargers and the Rams. Get this. So Dallas has beat the Chargers and the Rams. And both New York teams, two of the shittiest teams on the planet. Jets aren't playing awful. But they're crowing over those two new. That's why they look at Dallas now. And Dallas has now started to get a little more uh, love by the national media because they played in New York twice and played in Los Angeles twice. Cowboys are frauds. Frauds. No other way to look at it. You come, get this. You come off a game like that against Washington and you got New York, you got Dallas on Sunday. Dallas is going to get their faces kicked in. I can't wait to see them run. I want, you know what I would wish I could do? I wish everywhere that uh, Micah Parsons lined up, I wish to God almighty I could just take Lane and move him to guard, center, tackle, just to run his fucking mouth over. Just run him over. Pandering? I don't pander to anybody, dog. I'm sick of the Cowboys talk. Was I disappointed in the commander game? No. No. No, I wasn't. Was I was I disappointed in the way they ran the ball? You don't have a red zone back. 
You really don't have a running back if your quarterback's hurt. No, you're dealing with injuries. Do you think there's any coincidence that the knee on your quarterback has affected your running game? No, because guess what? Hey, and by the way, Jalen still had a back-breaking third and long that he broke into the open to get a first down. It broke the commander's back. I was like, damn, that guy. My takeaways. Fought. Won. Hardcore NFC East-style game. That was a throwback. Washington was desperate. They were playing with desperation. They were coaching with desperation. Guys' coaching jobs are on the line as well as guys' careers in Washington. That was an all-in game for Washington. They had to do that. See, Philadelphia gets everybody Super Bowl, especially when you're under 500. Do you understand that Washington will go into the offseason? You know what they'll do? They'll hang their hat on their efforts against the Philadelphia Eagles. Not against Dallas. Not against anyone else. You know why? Because in the NFC right now, the Eagles are the gold standard. Here's the topic now. I kind of broached this with tone. Desperate teams are dangerous. They threw everything, including the kitchen sink at and the baby's bathwater at the Eagles. Totally did, man. But don't they always? Some go like this. Are you giving excuses up? Or what's the thing? Pandering? That's how you that's 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 how you win Super Bowls. When everything's not perfect, when nobody's healthy, and you still win. That's what this is really about. That win against the Commanders, to me, is almost more impressive than the win against the Dolphins. Mast, I hate that love affair they have with Kenny Gainwell. I hate it. I'm more impressed with the win over the Commanders than I am with the win over the Dolphins. Here's why. You didn't have total health. You had a new guy in the secondary. Your quarterback is more injured in the wheels than we think. And you won a game in the NFC East and in the NFC that matters more for home field advantage. That's why that game mattered more. Jerry Jones, hey, can you put that super chat up? I, I want to make sure I get it. That's right, Scott. It was a game of adversity. Jerry Jones betting the farm on his on this game, just like Deadskins. I would love, love Eagles to destroy them the next time at the link. Take them out. Choke them out. I can't be any more emphatic than that. You have a chance to choke that Cowboy team out. Kick them. Gouge their eyes out. Take their quarterback out. Do whatever it takes to put a statement on them. You'll set that franchise. Let me tell you what. You'll do more damage to the Cowboys if you crush them 
than anything the 49ers or the Cardinals did. And it'll set that franchise back. They'll clean house. They will clean house. <laughs> Look at this, Mr. International. Or no, excuse me, Matthew. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. You have nothing to hold your hat on this year that makes you think you're a, you're a physical football team. Nothing. You know what you are? Your baby's milk. And the Eagles are whiskey. You're actually, you're actually breast milk. The Eagles are whiskey. I love that win. Was it pretty? No. Were there things in the game have to be addressed? You don't think they know that? I know many of you thought I was probably going to go in all in on the defense. I'm still going to point out things. Dean's a liability. Blanket ship was terrible. The corners suck. Wouldn't be any doubt if Howie goes out and gets a back in a corner, makes a deal somewhere. Your linebackers were okay, but they did exactly what Tone and I said they shouldn't do. They started moving Dean in to get reps, and he doesn't belong in there. The Kobe Dean does not belong on third and long or passing downs. He does not, which means he doesn't belong on the field 70% of the time. Why are you doing this? You're jamming a player into a defense that does not have the right or should be on the field. He should not, and he shouldn't be on the field just because He's a molecular engineer, and he went to Georgia, and you drafted him in the third round, and you want to pretend that he's a steal of the draft. He's a liability. Okay? He is an absolute And when you don't have Jalen Carter, and you don't have guys that are completely healthy like Jordan Davis, he gets exposed. The Cowboys have no wins that I respect. They blow out weak teams and pretend that they are such a force. True. The moment they ran into a real team, they got smoked. The Cowboys are front running frauds with no scars. Scars build character, and the Cowboys don't have character. <laughs> That's why the Cowboys haven't won in 30 years. Toughness builds characters. Wins like the commanders build character. When you're down against it, you're down again. You don't have your full lot of players, okay? Look at the 49ers, man. They got to figure that out. So here's the difference, though. The 49ers, I'm not so sure they're 100%. Because you know what some of the players probably in the locker room are doing? Man, maybe Purdy is the pumpkin. They're not going to say that about Hurts. The thing you have over the 49ers is clearly in the quarterback. It was on display this weekend. It's clearly on display. The quarterback gives you certainty and confidence. In San Francisco, I think they're 80% in on them. 43 points against the Rams. Great. I don't care if they beat them 73 to 10. What's that mean? 
when you play the Eagles. That's like being in a prize fight and you fight some potato can or tomato can and you fight Spider Rico and then you got to get in and you got to fight the heavyweight champion of the world of Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali didn't, didn't fight Spider Rico's. This guy fought George Foreman. This guy fought Ken Norton. This guy fought Joe Frazier. This guy fought everybody in consecutive. Liston, Patterson, everybody. They were weekly and monthly fights like that. He didn't fight. He didn't fight Spider Rico. The Cowboys fight Spider Rico every weekend and call it a win. Hey, that super chat tone. Can you please? I missed it. I want to make sure everyone gets their value today, especially Giants. Leonard Williams traded to Seahawks. Wow. If that is confirmed, I would be shocked if Saquon Barkley is still on the team come on uh, Tuesday at four. He's their best player, Williams. Okay. Oh my God. So now the Giants have put up the white flag. Seattle just got, you know, what's funny. I have my, usually I do a top 10 list of NFL teams tomorrow, but I, I put, wow, that is really wild. Questions. Why has Gainwell regressed? He was playoff Kenny last year. Is he injured too? Where's Penny? 88, I would say this, the injury to Jalen Hurts. I don't fear Kenny Gainwell. I just don't fear Kenny Gainwell. He doesn't frighten me. Dean was horrible. Pursuit angles, coverage was horrible. Decent at filling gaps. True. But so are Pop Warner players. He was terrible. Somebody had to, like I said, someone had the balls actually to go. He made 11 tackles. I'm like, no. The reason he made 11 tackles, because the Washington Commanders targeted him almost every play in the pass game. Whether a tight end, back out of the backfield, receiver running a slant across the middle, he couldn't cover anything. I mean, it was so evident. They were going right at, Dak will throw for 500 yards if they play him. That game will come down. That's why, get this, the point spread's only two points. That thing will probably be a pick em. And I hate that. Dude, get this. Tony just said it. Cunningham and Morrow outplayed him. Why in the world would you give him reps? It's because your general manager has control of the roster, not the coaching staff. No coach in his right mind puts players in position to fail. That's putting players in positions to fail. It's another reason why you run close games. Howie's influence. Like I said, how he gets you to Super Bowl, but can you win it? The reason you won it was because Doug fought back. You don't have a head coach who will fight back. 11 tackles means 11 misses you. You didn't block. Here, here, someone goes like this, 11 tackles. Yeah, you gave up almost 500 yards of total offense. How's that a good day? I had 11 tackles. You gave up 500 yards and 31 points. Think you had a good day? That's not a good day. 
A good day is like 14 tackles, and you give up 250 yards of total offense. That's a great day. Hey, I gave up 500 yards at 31 points and had 11 tackles. What do you want me to say? Good day? Uh, Oh, I played well, but everyone else sucked? I know our pass defense is suspect, but I've never seen them look that bad. I wonder why that is. Who was missing? Who was missing? Help me out. Who was missing? What's the guy's name? Who was missing? Carter and Davis. Funny, when those two guys are on the field, those guys have picnics in the opposing team's backfield. You take those two guys out, you're just kind of a decent defense. By the way, kudos to Hassan Reddick. I've never seen a guy in my life, you know who your closer is? This guy's Jonathan Papelbon. Okay, honestly, he's Mariano Rivera. This guy puts a period at the end of every single novel. Bang. Bang. Couldn't have been more wrong about a guy. Boom. Exclamation point. Now, I'll take that back. It's not a period. It's an exclamation point. Bam. I've never seen a guy close games out like that in the NFL. Just completely close them out. Boom. He is a closer. I've never seen a guy make more fourth quarter sacks in my life in critical situations to win any hopes of teams' chances of coming back and beating you. Game balls. Then I'm going to get to the topics. A.J. Brown is on a historical run. I'm going to ask you one more time this question. Would you really take Terrell Owens over A.J.? Do you really think Terrell Owens is having the same impact back in 04 that A.J. is having right now? Big Sills, what I respect about you is that you always admit when you're wrong about a guy. Absolutely, man. That's about what this is. AJ Scott, not only does he catch everything, he knocks people out. Bill signed Leonard Fournette. That's a great sign for them. Hey, oh, by the way, I got a little bit of insight. I don't know how serious this is. I think the Philadelphia Eagles have contacted the uh, Indianapolis Colts and Chris Beard. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they're inquiring about Zach Moss. They just gave Jonathan Taylor that huge money. And I don't know exactly, but there it's some, it's, a couple guys and a couple agents told me told me that Howie's making a lot of calls 
on on running backs, corners, safeties, maybe some O line help. But um, the kid Moss in Indianapolis is somebody that I think he's not. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's his fourth year. I think he went to Memphis. I know the kid's parents. He's a Florida kid. Um, he was supposed to go to Florida State, but something happened. And he ended up at Memphis. He played for Norvell, who's there now at FSU. But I, I voted for the kid actually for All American when he was um, at Memphis. So, is it? it, it, it yeah. So Zach Moss would be somebody I think would be. Okay. Okay. AJ Brown, man, he's just great. Jalen Hurts gets a game ball. Hey, by the way, what was Jalen's completion percentage? 29 to 38. It's got to be something like 76% in that game. Had to be somewhere up there. 76, 79. Yeah, something like that. It's fantastic. Devontae Smith gets a game ball. I thought Dallas Goddard deserved one. And um, I got, I, I'm, I'm going to give Reddick one because he closed the game out. Now here's my topic. Now, some of you, after what we just said, of course, the guy talking about pandering here, this is where we kind of walk it back a bit. And I kind of talk in the tone about this a little bit. Uh, Zach Moss is second in the league in rushing. Am I reading this right? Ray, Zach Moss, I think he might be third or fourth. But Ray, he's out. You just gave a gigantic contract extension to Jonathan Taylor. If you pay him, you play him. His reps will go down incredibly. Do you actually think you're going to pay a guy who you who you're going to pay a guy to sit him on the bench and not play him in that organization in Indianapolis? You're paying Taylor. Okay? Plus, he's great in pass protection. Zach Moss. Okay. Jalen Hurts is currently on pace for 410 completions, 599, 688, 45, 48 passing yards, 28 TDs, and 17 picks. Whew. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The number there that is the hurtful number and what will cost you a Super Bowl is the final one, 17 INTs. The 45-48 is great. The 68-4, fabulous. Shit, I see this in Minnesota every year or in Dallas every year. And this is why you don't win the critical games. It, the 28 touchdowns, dude, I don't care if a guy throws for 22, 23 touchdowns. If he has five interceptions or three interceptions, you're going to win every game you're in, especially with a guy throwing a 68% completion percentage. This is this game is about turnovers, not about putting points on the board. 
How many times do we see these high floor, high scoring teams like Miami, and they get into those critical games against teams that know how to run the ball and know how to do all the things it takes to win, and they get shut down and shut out. Miami is a classic example of a finesse team. Do you know why Cincinnati's getting better? They're running the ball better. They're just getting, Joe Burrow doesn't need 175 yards rushing. Joe Burrow needs 100, and he's going to tear people a new one. Okay? Jalen has no help in the run game. You know why? Because DeAndre Swift, every coordinator in the league. Can I tell you what the MO is right now on DeAndre Swift? Guy's a really good player from 20 to 20. <laughs> Outside of that, that guy has no nose for the end zone. No nose for it. That guy does not get you tough yards. That is not. The guy who gets you the tough yards is the guy hurt. DeAndre Swift concerns me more. That's why they were lining him up wide yesterday and putting him into pass coverage. Because, hey, and by the way, one other thing, the next time I hear a guy say, um, uh, we should be saving this guy, saving him for what? You're still in the race for home field advantage. This whole thing could change in three weeks again if you sustain a significant injury. Look what the injuries are doing to the league now. Dude, the sniffles had an impact in Denver. The sniffles. Do you understand right now that Buffalo is right now in position to host the AFC championship game? Do you understand that? Because of the sniffles. They're in position. Once again, I know some of you think Josh Allen's having another horrible year. But they're in line right now in the AFC to host the AFC title game, along with Baltimore. Do you know Baltimore and Buffalo right now look better than Kansas City? How about this? Giants trade Barkley. What if they trade him to? Kansas City. Right? Here, here are the team. And now since Lawrence is now a member of Seattle, I got to adjust this. Purdy went from boy wonder to boy I wonder. In three weeks. That could happen in Philly. Will it? No. No, Jacksonville too. Marina, thank you. Right. Jacksonville too. Look at the teams that look better than Kansas City this year. Remember I told you I said Kansas City. I at least had you guys go into the um, NFC Championship game. I said the Kansas City Chiefs aren't going back to the championship game. I don't think they have enough talent. 
I don't believe Kansas City has enough talent. The Jags look better. By the way, how about all those investments working out on defense? Hey, do you know who the number one team in the league is in takeaways on defense? Do you guys have an idea who that is? Do you guys happen to have an idea who the number one team in the National Football League is in takeaways? Got an idea? You got it, the Jags. That was heading into last Sunday, yesterday. All those first-round draft choices, Walker, all them dudes, are now panning out. Doug's got a defense. Doug's got an offense. Doug's got a quarterback. That team looks better in Kansas City. Shit, the team's in the AFC right now. Buffalo, not, you know what? Wait, does Buffalo look like the best team in the AFC? No. Jags, um, the Ravens, the Bills. Shit, the Bengals are coming back. Here's my teams in the NFC. Here are the, here are the upper echelon teams, I think. Eagles seven and one. Look at that, man. You got a two game. You got a you got a one game lead over. Depends on what happens tonight with Detroit against the Raiders. Here's I got them in order. Eagles, 49ers, Detroit third, Seattle, fourth, Dallas, fifth, and I guess New Orleans. I'm going to say something to you. When I get a chance to get to the topic, we're going to do that here at the top. And I wonder how you're going to take the topic. But I would say this to you. The Eagles may have lost some talent last year, but I think the NFC got worse this year than it did a year ago. The entire NFC East is not what it was. The Niners are stumbling. I think they figure it out. Detroit's better. Dallas is still the Dallas Cowboys of whomever. They're the Jerry Joneses, the Dallas Kardashians. Seattle has gotten better since they dumped uh, Russell Wilson. And then after that, you got a bunch of kind of teams like New Orleans, Tampa. I don't know. It's very encouraging. Yeah, we'll announce our Hooter winners um, at the top of the second hour here, here in a second here. Um, And I got a topic for you. I currently don't like the 2023 Eagle offense with all those fancy numbers that Tone threw at me. I don't. And I'm going to tell you why. Don't forget our great friends at Hooters. 40th anniversary. Please do me a favor. It's Monday Night Football tonight. Go into any one of our locations from Rhode Island all the way down through Jersey, down through King of Prussia. If you don't want to go into any one of the locations, use the app HootersToGo.com. Tuesdays, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless. Wing Wednesdays, 1983, all you can eat. NortheastHooters.com. That's NortheastHooters.com. 
Six bucks, six items. Try the fried pickles. Kids eat for free on Saturday. And anytime you roll into any one of the Hooters, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sales sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Henry's not going to be dealt. And I would think Mike Vrabel has something to do with that. Because he respects him too much. Okay? That's probably one of the reasons. By the way, congratulations, Michael, Pennsylvania, Herman, Delaware, on winning our Hooters gift certificates. Each and every single week, we qualify people Tuesday through Friday for your chance to win merchandise and also gift certificates from our friends at Hooters. Uh, Throughout the week, we throw out a code word over four hours, and we give you an opportunity 
to win yourself some gift certificates each and every single day. We announce the winners like Michael and Herman here every single Monday on a football Monday. And congratulations to you guys. We'll start it all up tomorrow. And we so appreciate you guys. All right. Yeah, he, he respects them too much. Okay. All right. I'm going to get to the topic here in a minute now. I don't like the Philadelphia Eagles offense this year. And let me ask you. Do you fear this offense as much as you did last year's balance? How can you fear a team when a quarterback's on pace for 17 turnovers and 11 turnovers in eight games? And you've played every game close. Last year, nothing was close. And I would say this, the first eight games you've played, pretty compatible to the um, teams you played a year ago. Do you fear this offense this year? Isn't it crazy? The more that you howl for numbers, the lesser this group looks than a year ago with the dominance that you had and also the balance that you had and how you attacked the game. How about this? Is Hurts good enough to win a Super Bowl just being a pure pocket passer? I don't think a quarterback who's on pace rate almost 20 interceptions. He's going to win you a Super Bowl. So you think a guy who's on pace for 17 interceptions is good enough to win a... Okay. I do not. And I don't fear that offense as much as I did last year's offense. Because you didn't know where it was coming from. And most notably, you kept to your identity which is what? Running people over. Your identity now is to throw over people? That's who you are? Last three weeks have become that. I mean, the the last three weeks, you're trying to throw over people and not through people. Last year, you ran through people all the way to a Super Bowl. When a defense schemes AJ out of the game, can we win? Hey, Tucker, I want to see someone take him out of the game. It's yet to be um, anything where I've seen so far where he has been taken out of a game. Everybody gets touches, so you want to be a passing team. Okay. So you're going to be a high turnover team. Versus last year, who led the NFL in the least amount of turnovers? Was that the Eagles? There's a reason every game's closer. Why? Turnovers. Look at your red zone. Your red zone compared to a year ago, terrible. Kevin goes like this. Yeah, okay. So last year's 7-1 team versus this year's 7-1 team. Who wins? Kevin, let's do that. Last year's 7-1 team versus this year's 7-1 team. Who wins in a football game? 
I'll take 22 all day. All day. Oh, excuse me. Eight, no. That's right. Hypothetical sales? No. You have a ton of turnovers. Boy, that was something that was ex today from morning until you got here. All across every platform. Always just dust off the fact that you are a high turnover team this year. And that plays into you being in close games and against shitty teams like the commanders. You, you want to give me credit. You want me to give credit. Look, I give credit for the effort as a unit for winning that game, but for giving Jalen hurts a ton of credit for going 135.7 versus one of the worst defenses and one of the worst football teams in the league coming in, they were awful. And you're sitting here going, wow, he played great against the commanders. No, I want him playing great against the Cowboys this week. I want him playing great and winning those games. Well, he played great in the Super Bowl. I don't care. This is about the last game of the year holding it up. It's the only way it validates people. Why is that so difficult for him? for folks to understand. It only way you validate anything you do in life is to run through the tape. STFU sales best team in the league with nothing to show for it. Except a ton of turnovers. In close games. Last year's team had balance to it. Last year's team scared you more. And they were more dominant. And I'll tell you what. No question. Boy, AJ looks great. He sure does. If I were to give a C on Devontae's season, C plus, Goddard's, I don't know, C plus two. Um, uh, DeAndre Swift, eh, maybe a B minus. Hurts, he's been about a B. Turnovers kill him, 11 and eight games. Terrible, actually, but the numbers are up. But he's just turning the ball over, and they've been horrible in the red zone. Seven and one. So what? It's a really nice story until you validate it. That's like you talk, you're talking like the Cowboys now. Philadelphia, who's better than us? That's not the point. Are you talking about the world championship trophy being handed out on October 30th? Or are you talking about the world champion trophy being held up in February? Honestly. I mean, that you you sound like the Dallas Cowboys. You ripped the Cowboys for not winning. Well, what have you done the last two years? You've won more? Oh, congratulations. It's 
name it who's better than us. <laughs> I don't know. I'll let you know next Monday. This is the NFL is a week to week. Wait, how come no one? Do you think that this offense this year is more intimidating? And do you think this offense, you fear more and just their approach than you did a year ago? I don't. I think the more turnovers, once again, turnovers and critical games, like in playoff games, will send you home. Because Jalen is becoming an elite passer. On pace for 17 interceptions, that's elite. 28 TDs to 17 picks he's on pace for. That's elite. Sounds like Carson Wentz to me. Hey, that guy in Buffalo's got to validate himself. He's not... Jalen Hurts is not in an island with this. Trevor Lawrence has got to validate himself. The guy in Cincinnati has to validate himself. <laughs> Absolutely. This is not on Hurts. The guy in Baltimore, he also has to. This is, hey. I, th th this is not golf. This is not tennis. This is a team sport. Jalen just doesn't get the credit for seven and one. Like I said in the first hour, that's a win right there where you just absolutely love what the team did. Everyone fought. It was awesome. But this offense this year, you can't score in the red zone. You turn the ball over at a consistent rate almost every single game. Actually, if you want to go back to the Super Bowl, in nine of the last 10 games that you've played, or in nine, yeah, the nine in the last nine games, you've turned the ball over eight times in eight of those games. I mean, since the Super Bowl. And it's becoming an epidemic. It's also a trend now. Eagles turn the Eagles turn the ball over because they're doing more things to turn the ball over. Yeah, you're 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 eight and one, and it's a nice, it's a really great story. I'll bet you this year the best team, the best record in the league, will not win the Super Bowl. It's no perfect teams in the NFL right now. DRC, but the closest team that is the most complete team is in Philadelphia. I agree with that. Okay, because it's true. I think the teams this year, I think Kansas City's lesser. Um, I think Buffalo is still wobbling. I can't tell one week they could lay an egg again. I think the team that's truly getting better on a week-to-week -week basis is Jacksonville as well. I want to see what Detroit does tonight. They got their pants kicked out of them and their heads kicked in last weekend. Dallas, I am not buying that thing. 
Scott, I think so too. Get this. I think the Eagles got a little worse than a year ago. I think the league got a lot worse. I think there's lesser complete teams today than a year ago even. I think Kansas City was a better team. Dallas was a better team. Think about the teams that you're talking about now. The 49ers were a better team. Well, that's because, again, Trent Williams, Debo, you know, they're going through their aches and pains right now. It is a big moment in Detroit. You got to, I mean, New England is clearly worse. The Jets got a bad break. They're still playing above, above water. And by the way, I never thought I'd ever say this, but I can't believe it, but Aaron Rodgers might actually play this year, which would be, in, hey, can you imagine this? If somehow the Jets get into postseason and Aaron Rodgers can play, that would be a scary situation for every single team in the AFC. They get in with a 9-8 and eight record, they could win the Super Bowl with him. With that talent, they could win the Super Bowl with him. Shit, they beat you without him. You, you get Aaron Rodgers back on that field, and he could do anything. And they're nine and eight. That's a whole different world there in the AFC. They'll beat Kansas City. They'll beat Kansas City. Joe Burrow's better than Rodgers. Oh, wake me up when that comes to fruition and he does something special. Let me know when he does something special. I have I've seen him play some really good football. But exceptional football, like to a point where, you know, you're winning MVP awards and you're best player in the sport and it's not close and you have 41 touchdowns to three picks. Let me know when you show me that. You know, there was one year Aaron Rodgers, I think, had 45 touchdown passes and only five picks. You let me know when that comes around. Rashid goes, Rodgers is washed. So you think, um, again, so the 4,500 yards that Jalen's on pace for, you're happy with that, right, I'm assuming? Are you happy with him being on pace for 17 interceptions? I would much rather have him lower that attempt total, get that game running game going more, and kind of resemble a little bit of how you killed teams for the last two years. This year, you're going to try to throw over teams to win. Okay. You're going to get a chance this weekend. Dallas' secondary is not awful. You're going to have to run the ball on Dallas. You're going to have to run the ball. Because Dallas' secondary, if you throw the ball like you did in that commander's game, the Cowboys will beat you. Because the Cowboys can't take a power team. Isn't it evident what happened with the Cardinals and with the 49ers? They ran the ball down their throat. They didn't throw the ball around the yard. They beat them up. You run the ball at Dallas, they don't want you running the ball at them. They want you throwing the ball on them. They want you to get into a shootout. They are afraid of being run over. 
Last three weeks, the Philadelphia Eagles have not had a 100-yard, or is it right? Am I right when I say that? You guys have not had a 100-yard rushing game in the last three. <clears throat> That's funny because I can't remember the so-called best offensive line not having a 100-yard rushing game in the last three weeks and still crowning yourself the best O-line in football. That's actually a myth now. Seals, why are coaches obsessed with Gainwell? Cubo, I, I don't know. I don't know this love affair. I I just don't know this love affair with, with that guy Gainwell. He's a dude. I've been telling you that. He's a dude, man. You put Kenny Gainwell in Chicago, they'll cut him. He's a he's a nice player. He's a guy, does he deserve to be on a 53-man roster? Yes. Does he deserve to be your feature back? Absolutely no. Absolutely no. I cannot believe the New York Giants traded Lawrence away. Didn't they just give him a contract extension last year? And then of all things, you send him to Seattle in the NFC. Shit, man. That makes Seattle now, in my opinion, that pushes them closer to San Francisco. It's all going to come down to Geno Smith. Who would have thought Geno Smith and Brock Purdy potentially are going to fight it out for the NFC West? I mean, you automatically make Seattle a better team in the NFC. Hey, and the Eagles have to fly to Philly or fly from Philly to Seattle. That ain't gonna be an easy ball game up there. That is not an easy place to go up and play. It's a hell of a hike. Their fans are nuts. It's a crazy ass environment, and they're good. That's a good football team. Where are they sitting at? They're five and two. And now they just make a significant. Hey, what did they give up for Lawrence? Jesus Christ, it has to be that they gave up a one for him. Please tell me at least they 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 gave up a one. Okay, I saw someone just say on pace doesn't mean shit. You're right. He's got 11 turnovers in eight games. That's today. How's that for you? Nothing drives me more crazy than the way they use Gainwell. He isn't the guy they think he is. I blame the coaches. Philly 500, I don't understand this absolute over-the-top love affair. JM says a second and a fifth. Wow. New York ate the cap hit. Look at the shitty, stupid decisions. The New York, my God almighty, the New York. Hey, Eagle fans, you guys don't have to worry about ever finishing in last place or never either one or two in the East because you have incompetence running every single organization um, in the NFC East. If Josh Harris is going to run the commanders the way that um, he runs the Sixers, you don't have anything to worry about there. The way the Giants are run, it's a complete shit show. And the Cowboys, well, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. They gave up a two and a fifth. That's my – for the guy who was the all-pro – you know, he was all-pro. He's an all pro. 
I mean, Leonard Williams, excuse me. Thank you, Q. Leonard Williams was all pro. He was first team all pro. Thank you, Q. Thank you. Seattle got better. So New York thinks they're going to go into the draft now and draft another. So New York has awful D linemen. The Thibodeau kid hasn't panned out. They got a decent left tackle. The quarterback is completely overrated. Remember I told you that Daniel Jones. Hey, remember the two predictions that I made at the beginning of the year, my wild predictions before I bring Tone in? I said Sam Darnold might be starting in San Francisco, and I said that Daniel Jones would be replaced by Tyrod Taylor. He was replaced by some dude named DeVito. I mean, insane. It's time for the segment. And my good friend, Tone. Big Sills, that Danny DeVito that you know that you're talking about, little little, little, Dude, little what, Danny DeVito. You know what I mean? Jesus, <laughs> the Giants are a shit show. Oh man, like you you're said, an Eagle we... fan, you have to love it, man. I mean, it's one thing if he was underachieving tone, he was the first team all pro. Yeah, man, I don't get it. You know, that's a that's a D lineman you're getting rid of there. It's a not two and a five, too. And, and you and you just paid him. And you ate the cap. I'm struggling. You, you know what? The Giants, we thought they were trending in the right direction, right? And fool's then gold. They, and then and then they fought, they fell in love with the fool's gold. They fell in love with the fool's jones. You know what I'm saying? It's they they thought they had a guy. They paid the wrong guy. They franchised Saquon. They had a whole offseason disputing with him. And then uh, you make these boneheaded front office moves. It's just, just so many questions, man, around our organization. They can't get out their own way. And, you know, like you said, um, we're not going to have to worry about them for the, you know, for the foreseeable future. Um, and then uh, the commanders, man, they played as tough for sure, man. Um, as long as uh, Josh Harris uh, owns that owns that team, I don't see them really, really um, being a true threat in the end, but they're always going to play us tough every single year. So, um, I What's got a lot of takeaway from the game. Um, my takeaway from that game is we have to stop turning the ball over, flat out. And you know, you know, let me let me start with the positives, right? I was completely, I was compl- I, I, I love the way Jalen Hurts approached that game, going twenty nine for thirty eight, three nineteen, four passing touchdowns, no interceptions, still had to fumble. But I love the way he approached that game, even though he was a little bit hobbled, only got sacked twice. Um, given the fact that he was limited in limited in the rushing game, still managed to inflict his will on the game. Um, I, I was I was truly impressed with the way Jalen Hurts played that game at the end of the day. Um, AJ Brown, man, he's a god. <laughs> like, you know, it's just it's just you know some things are guaranteed: death, taxes, and AJ Brown. You know he's what I'm saying? Better so, every week. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. It, it, it's at a point now where you know teams like that second touchdown. He was double teamed. The safety was over the top, and the other guy had inside leverage. Jalen the one-handed Hurts, catch? No, no, that was the first one. All right. The, yeah, the, yeah uh, the second one, uh, the safety had him over the top. The corner had outside leverage. Jalen Hurts hit him with the back shoulder, and A.J. just did A.J. Brown things. You know, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with um, Jalen Hurts' ability to battle through this uh, this knee issue that he is um, dealing with right now. It's, it's, it's no secret. It is what it is. Um, Devontae Smith managed to come through and do, and do his thing. Um you brought up you brought up a very interesting point about uh you know the way the offense is being called you know with the lack of balance 
And, you know, for me, um, I'm always on the side of balance, right? I'm always on the side of having a dominant rushing attack and having a dominant pass attack, right? Because I believe those two things work in concert. Um, I will say it this. It works though, in concert with your identity too, Tone. Yeah, yeah, especially with especially with your personnel as well. Um, you know, you know, to, you know, to throw them some bail, they got down double digits pretty early, and I think I think the coaching staff got a little trigger happy. I mean, granted, you know, Hertz was Hertz was accurate. You know, it wasn't like they weren't moving the ball. He was accurate. Um, I would I would probably be more concerned if they were throwing interceptions and you know all that kind of stuff. They they turned it up in the second half. Um, that defense. Look, you know, I've come to this conclusion with the with the Philadelphia Eagles defense, right? They go as far as that pass rush will take them. That's number one. Um, number two, they definitely missed Jalen Carter. That's without a doubt. Number three, we're on a week-to-week basis with them because they're battling injuries like every team is. I'm not saying that as an excuse, but just based off their situation, they've had, I believe, through eight weeks, they've had five to six different DB combinations out there. They've had like eight different slot corners out there over the past several weeks. So there's a lack of continuity. You know, there's a there's a lapse in communication out there, which is why I believe they're looking as bad as they are. And also, you know, we talk about it all the time. You know, it's a week to week league. It's hard to you know, you, you I know I know the layman will say, hey, you shut down Tyreek Hill and those guys. Right. How can you shut down Sam Howell and those guys? It's, it's easy. It's easy. To, it's easy to say. May that. I say it without anybody getting offended? It's a flip flop league because it's, it's, one day, it's really that simple. It's really that simple. One day you go like this. We just killed the Dolphins. Yeah. We just murdered the Dolphins, and we struggle against Sam Howell. Yeah, the yeah. Bills. The Bills murdered the Dolphins, and then they lose to the Patriots. You get what I mean? So it's yes. like it's so it's so hard, especially on defense, right? It seems like offenses are more consistent than defenses lately. And the reality is, um, I look at this Philadelphia Eagles defense as a team that they're timely, and that's kind of what I asked for. You know, in the offseason, I said, this defense can get timely stops when it matters most. I can live with everything else because they're going to be a work in progress. But overall, uh, I was pleased with the win. The score really should have been 38-24, but they let them get that garbage TD. Uh, But overall, um, scary game in the first half. They almost had us, had us on the ropes. But Jalen Hurts did Jalen Hurts things, man. And um, I'm really impressed with the way he handled himself. How about this? Do you agree with me that last year's offensive approach strike more fear in opponents than what they're doing right now. I think that's a fair assessment for the simple fact that when you have such a dominant rushing attack and how consistent it was at that, you know, you you not only have to be concerned with getting beat over the top, you got to be concerned with getting punched in the mouth. And over the past few weeks, the rushing attack hasn't been as dominant, nowhere near as dominant as we're used to seeing it. Um, I've, I've realized in that game, because I, I watched some of it back when I had the opportunity, um, the, the, the commanders in particular in this game, the commanders were – stacking the box and they were forcing the Eagles. They told the Eagles, you're not running the ball today. That's what, you know, that's what they told them. And that's, and, and that's what their personnel choices indicated. So um, the Eagles had to take what they gave them. And if you, I mean, if you notice in this game, neither team really ran the ball. It seemed like both teams said to themselves, no one's running the ball today. And, right. we're gonna, and, 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 and you know, and it's going to be a shootout. So, you know, you know, I kind of, you know, I kind of lean towards, you know, John McMullen's way of thinking in terms of every game has an identity, has a complexion to it. And it's hard to expect the same results week to week to week, you know, in terms of what a defense is giving you. Right. You know, you have to take what they're giving you. But I, I would agree with you on this, though. Right. If that last, if last year's team went up against this year's team and, and just based on how they played, last year's team will win because three reasons. Balance. About three reasons. Right. One, balance. Two, they didn't turn the ball over. And three, they were dynamic in the red zone. Correct. So those three things, and again, th- 
This is how you know you're you, this. See, this is this is the beauty of covering this team right now, right? And I'm pretty sure so as you you know you can uh you know add to this, right? We're comparing the Philadelphia Eagles to themselves now. But that's you know what the I mean. Only, I don't want to compare them to Dallas. Exactly. Because that's how themselves. you play down to your opponent. Exactly. Exactly. You and have set a standard in Philly that should be only gauged against Philly, not against Arizona, Absolutely. not against Washington. Not again. That's what Dallas does every year. You know what they do? They gauge themselves versus other teams in the NFC. And when you do that, you find out, hey, we're better than the Giants. Well, at the end of the day, when you were saying that a year ago, that really doesn't look all that impressive I'll right take it now. A step, I'll take it a step further for you. The Cowboys, see, the Cowboys, they're kind of snake bin. And I say this why, because they've been – pocket watching the 49ers for the past several years and they keep saying to themselves we're better than them we're going to beat them we're going to beat them and they put so much energy and so much of their time and preparation towards that singular matchup that when it finally comes they're not even ready and then on top of that they forgot the game plan for the other opponents they're so singularly focused on like they're so fixated on trying to prove other people wrong when in, when in reality they need to focus on what's going on in their That's own their security they're insecure. They're a very insecure organization. And that, that's and that's, from and that, the from the owner on down. Tone, I said this in the first hour too. This is an opportunity right now for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I swear to you, on oh my God, I don't give a shit about Kansas City. I don't care about Buffalo. I want that Cowboy game. I want to. I want to beat them up. I want to choke them out like Habib. I want to put their face. And I want to kick their ass all up and down the field so that you leave no doubt that get this. Hoss, you can talk the game. We play the game. And to me, this is a chance to put that Cowboy team to sleep. I want to embarrass them, honestly. So I want Absolutely. to, I want to completely let them you know they're not in the really same class. You have to do it, Tone, on the scoreboard. You can do it with being – hey, by the way, if you start throwing a ball around the yard like you did with the commanders, you play right into Dan Quinn. They want you to do that. Mm -hmm. You, if one thing Dallas has shown you this year, Dallas has got run. a pretty good back end. But I'll tell you what, man, you can run them over. Run them over. I agree with you 100%. You know, you think about all their losses, they couldn't stop the run for the most part. And you think about who they've beaten. I mean, how 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 much stock can I Both put into LA you beating? You know, beating teams, really exactly. You you you've beaten two of you've beaten two of the softest markets right now. <laughs> New York can't New York can't find you know they can't tell the difference between a glory hole and or and whatever like you know what Love I mean. And, Way to go! And, and, and then now and, you're becoming like big sales. There and, we go, Tone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the Rams. I mean, and then the Rams and the Chargers. They have no fan base. So, I mean, how much stock can I put into you beating the two L.A. and the two New York teams, two of the most dysfunctional teams right now? Man, I'll probably say New York's more dysfunctional than L.A., but – and the Rams are trending in the right direction. They, You know, but the bottom line is you beat two teams that are not – that are just not there. They're, 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 they don't know who they are. They don't know who they want to be, right? The moment you came up against a team that had any kind of identity, any kind of, you know, stature, you got smoked. I can't I, – how, how can – and then you lost to the – you, you know what's so funny? You lost to the worst team in the NFL, and you lost to some. You lost to the team that some people think is the best team in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how can I respect your organization? How can I respect the team? 
You know what I'm saying? Now, I got some people that, you know, I respect that are Cowboys fans. So I won't say I don't respect the fan base because I got people that I actually like in their fan base. But as far as the organization, the team, what they stand for, all that kind of stuff, the, the flashing lights and, the you know, the girls and the cigars and the pom-poms and the, and the laser shows and the holograms. And I don't respect none of that shit. So you want to know why? Because at the end of the day, once you step on that grass, you got to show me. And the Cowboys have shown me nothing this season. The Eagles are battle-tested. They've been through each and everything from last season to this year. I think this year's team got a better chance of winning it all than last year's. Why? I tell you, because Tom, they're, they're more scarred. How about this? And I said this in the first hour as well. I like that win versus the Commanders more than I like that win versus the Dolphins. Really? Interesting. Because, well, you didn't have all your, your talented DTs in there. Okay. Your quarterback is more banged up than what people are saying. Right. Your red zone offense is not trending well. You're turning the ball over. Your secondary was annihilated. You could have easily have done this. God, we're playing the shitty commanders, and look at what we're doing here. And yet you fought through it. And guess that's the things that you do are the things that Dallas loses. Every other team in this league loses games like that. You fought through it. You fought through – you played a really good game against Miami. You didn't really play at all worth of anything on defense. Right. We have no one to run Dallas over with. Got to pass. Well, I'm not guess what? That. You'll I'm be in trouble because Dak will throw for 500 yards on you. I'm not I'm not buying that, you know, because it begins with the offensive line. And well, the then you don't have to – if you can't run the ball, you don't have the best O-line in football anymore. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you it, can't it, it, go around say. being a Cowboys tone and tell people that the last three weeks we haven't run 100 yards rushing, and you're telling everyone you have the best O-line in football, and you haven't you haven't displayed that. Yeah, I think I think this has to be a week where the Eagles kind of get back to the balanced approach, right? Um, when I think about how the Eagles beat them last time last year, they were very balanced, they were very physical. And like you said, this isn't a, this isn't a game where you want to put up 38, 35 points. This is a game where you want to beat them 24, 10. You want to beat them 28, 17. You want to you want to physically impose Yeah, you want to physically impose them. This is a game that you want to you want to be a slow death for them, slow and steady. And just continue to pound them, pound them, pound them, pound them, pound because eventually they're going to break. Tone, in the three minute mark, I want to laugh at you. Yeah. I just want to start laughing at you when, get this, it's 24 7. How many times have you been in a, or you've watched a game tone where you go like this, man, that 24 7 feels like 54 7? I mean, there's no chance that team is, 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 is coming back. Let me throw this at you here. Our corners are terrible. And, um, boy, they look, they look <laughs> I said old, it man. at the beginning of the year. <laughs> they look old, man. <laughs> and, boy, I'll tell you something. Remember what we said at the beginning of the year? And I and people fought me in here hand over fist. They said, Slay is this. And I said, Slay hasn't been good. And he's going to have flashes where he's good. But he is not going to be – his best football was in last year's first eight. But since the middle of last year, he's been terrible. Yeah, I mean, Tone, it, it's the reason that they were playing 10 yards off the ball. How do you call yourself an all-pro corner when you're playing 10 yards off the ball and you can't play press coverage because you don't have the skill set to play press coverage? And I think it's also the fundamental scheme 
that they have as an eagle. All, yeah, that's I what I'm willing to say. I, th I think it's a yeah, I think it's more of a philosophy thing in terms of that part. Um, but just as far as just the eye test, though, Slay and Bradbury don't seem they, they seem like they've lost a step. If you if you ask me, that's you know, and that's that's just Do my you think humble CJ opinion. CJ Gardner I mean. Johnson's loss is more of a factor than what we thought it was going to be. I believe, I believe, yes, I believe they're feeling it. I believe they're feeling it. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna pretend like they're not, you know, because that would be disingenuous. I think they are feeling it. I think they can get that back on track though with the Kevin Byard hire, because again, you threw, you threw him in there on kind of three days' notice. He has to prepare for a team that he, you know what I mean, all that kind of stuff. So he has to acclimate himself to that, right? Um, Reed Blankenship coming back, coming back from the injury, still got to get his, still got to get his legs under him. Um, I like Reed. I like Kevin Byard. Obviously, I think this safety room has potential to be more fundamentally and technically sound than last year. But last year they made more plays and they were a little bit more stout. So, you know, the reality is, man, um, I think the safety room can get better with with the Kevin Byard addition. But to your immediate question, are they missing CJ Garner Johnson? I would be a liar if I said that they weren't. I'll say this to you about N'Kobe Dean, and I'm going to be nice. Oh, no, please just say what it is, man, because uh, I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm one of those guys. Nice that I'm not. That personally, I think they put him in not just his head trending water. I think they got him underwater. And I think they've been very unfair with the kid and how they've developed him. They, they haven't developed him. They threw him into the fire and said, put the office fire out without learning how to use the hose. I mean, he's just. <laughs> I mean, you threw that kid with only 30 plays a year ago into the Mike linebacker position where he had that tight end from the commanders I've never heard of. Oh, yeah. Worked him, him worked the him. entire game to a point where they were targeting him. And I'm sitting there going, why are you playing him? You are putting a guy into a game that doesn't – Cunningham and Morrow are better ball players. They're playing better. But they think this rotation and getting him in there is important. If they do that to the Cowboys, I'm telling you, Dak will throw for 400 yards against that team because they're going to go right at him, Tone. Mm -hmm. They're going to go at the safeties. Blankenship was terrible. The pick was great, no doubt. Was a Sam Howell overthrow? Yeah, that was the worst game I've seen him play. That was the worst game I see replay. So I don't but think that's his. Going to attack that whole middle of the field there because yeah. they don't cover. Yeah, I don't and think that's Reed. Baseline, your corners are I definitely off think. ten yards. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nicobe Dean, uh, he was a liability yesterday. Um, it's, it's no question about it. Um, Reed Blankenship, that was his, that was the worst game he's ever played as a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, I don't think that's his baseline though. Um, but as far as the Kobe Dean goes, the line in that linebacker position, look, I've been I've been of the camp that I don't understand why we're so gung ho about throwing him out there. Like I, I don't understand it. Is it because we drafted Tally. him? Is it because he's he's Georgia Bulldog? Like, I don't understand the love affair with him when in reality he hasn't really shown us really anything to truly yes, invest. You, you know, well, I understand it, but as far from an emotional standpoint, it's, it's almost like I don't get it. But if I look at it logically, I totally understand why he's out there. Oh, yeah. Um, I want them to know. You know why. Of course I know why he's out there. That's but how, you, that's how as a football, you as a football man, you're you're going, why would you do this? Right, and exactly. And you turn around and you already know the answer because it's a front office. Here lies the difference in why you don't have a guy like Doug in the building versus a guy like Howie. You think – how about this? You think that Kobe Dean would be on a Jim Schwartz defense – if he was getting torched like that with Doug Peterson on the sideline, 
Man, that's a good question because Howie was um that's a good question, man. I can't I don't I don't even know for sure, man, because Howie's still who he is. It's kind of hard to really say that, but you know, Howie Roseman, you know, when he drafts you, he wants you to play. And the reality is he just he, especially especially in pass coverage. And look, he has he he's had two he got two tackle for loss in that game. You know, he had some moments where he got in the backfield, but Overall, I'm I didn't looking have at him a problem and, with his run and, defense. Yeah, in pass coverage, he 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 just he 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 doesn't have good angles. He he's just not good at it right now. You know Nicholas why? Morrow it's and, reps. And Morrow and Cunningham have the reps. Hey, how about this? Do, do I think that kid could get better and be a better ball player? Yeah, yeah. With reps, more not, reps, yeah. more looks. We more talk starts. about this all the time off camera. So we talk about this all the time with him. We're not talking about his talent. No, we he's, we're talking about the fact that the matter is experience. who's playing better. Who's playing better? Who fits right now? And experience. And experience. He doesn't. It, he doesn't have it right now. And I don't have time to groom guys at this point. Not right now. You know, we're in the thick of the season. We're trying to win the Super Bowl here. I would hate to lose a game because, and look, CD Lamb plays in a slot a lot, so you know they're going to go right at him. Right at him. Right at him. So he, he can't cover him. Hell no. Hell no. Seed Lamb will go for 200 yards. I'm going to ask you one more time. Who's the MVP of the team again? Is it Brown or is it Carter? I mean, I'm, I'm not being moved off that. So I'm still going AJ Brown, man. I'm, well, I'll tell I, you what, man. Your defense I'm, looks enough. They look bad yesterday. I ain't going to lie. Like. Listen, all right, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way, right? Everything you say about Jalen Carter is absolutely and unequivocally correct. Everything, everything you say about him is correct, right? Everything. But I, I just lean towards AJ right now. Maybe it's because it's flashier. I'll be honest. Look, maybe I'm biased, right? It's flashier. But, like, I will never discount what Jalen Carter does for that Philadelphia Eagles defense. They He makes them easily better. He See, but I look better, at, I look better. At, and maybe because you're a defensive guy, too. You're a defensive ball. guy as well. So you, you kind of got a soft spot for the DTs. You know, <laughs> very good. I didn't think about that. You're right. I do. I'm very biased towards DTs. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah okay. Probably. <laughs> you hate Anywhere receivers, though. Defensive okay. guys hate right. receivers. All right. Okay. <laughs> Probably very true. Okay. I think A.J. Brown got better than last year. I don't think the Eagle offense got better from last year. But is that an A.J. Brown issue or is that a play calling philosophy issue? And I think that's kind of I don't of know. You tell me. I think it's I think it's a philosophy issue. I don't think it's an AJ Brown issue because AJ's not calling the plays. What's happening is they're calling the play. AJ is open. He's getting the ball. He's producing. I can't get mad at him for being great at his his job. But what I can do, I can't get upset with the way the balance or the lack thereof is going on in the play calling, right? And again, certain games dictate what you what you can and can't do at times, right? Sometimes a team's going to stack the box on you, and it's just not smart for you to run the ball in the stack box. Um, just that's that's what the commanders did. But again, as far as the MVP talk, man, um, AJ Brown, man, he 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 he's just been electric. Like it's when you when you like that one hand grab was just something like out of a, a goddamn comic book. Man, right? <laughs> you love fantasy football, boys. I like like yeah, you 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 love that. See, to me, you take you you take Davis. Uh, or an injured Davis, and you take Carter off that team, you're not beating Dallas. You take AJ oh, no. off that what's, field. What's you, you take AJ off that field, you still are beating Dallas. You think so? Yeah. I don't. 
I don't know. That's really hard to say because AJ is such a big part of the offense right now. And then you don't have the best goal line in football. And and on top of that, he's such a physical presence. He he's he's a game changer. He's a game he breaker. Is, he's a game changer. You know what I'm saying? He he he's literally unguardable at this point right now. He's hot. You said something earlier. You said yo, he's he's just feeling it. He's feeling it. Oh, he is. <laughs> and sometimes when you're just feeling it, man. But no, ultimately, yo, on the defense side of the ball, um, it's so funny. I, I do play fantasy every year, but I never pay attention to my lineup at all. I kind of just, I kind of just get into it just because my friends say, "Hey, we're doing it this year." I put, you know, I put the money in the pot, and I kind of just kind of go away for go away for several weeks. Um, I'm not really into the whole. I pay more attention to like the actual physicality and nuance of the game. That's what I also care about. Fantasy talk is more so again all the numbers and stuff. You debate that with your homies and all that, but the reality is, I'm not going to deny that trenches win championships. You know what I'm saying? O line, D line, that's the reality, right? You know there are more teams that have had dominant trenches that won Super Bowls than teams that have had dominant wide receivers. So I understand how that how that dynamic works. Um, it's just hard to ignore what AJ's doing and how he's helping them win games and how clutch his performances have been. Um, but Jalen Carter, man, matter of fact, Hassan Reddick, yo, this dude oh, is like, bro, he's did you closer. know he leads the NFL right now with 11 and a half sacks? And well, let me, let me, let me frame it like this Hassan Reddick leads the NFL with 11 and a half fourth quarter sacks over the last two seasons. There's no edge rusher, there's no DT, there's no D lineman, there's no one in the game right now that has more fourth quarter sacks than Hassan Reddick over the past two seasons. He is a legitimate weapon in clutch moments. That's what you call a clutch performer. That's a pure pass rusher. That's absolutely a tremendous trend that he has where he has he, – he, I, I said the same thing while I'm watching the game, and I saw him get that sack in the fourth, and I'm, I'm like, man, when you got a guy that could put an exclamation point on a game like that, I can't tell you the value of having something like that where you just close out a divisional game, a hard-fought game, an NFC game. Home field is being battled for now. There's positioning on who's going to host an NFC title. I mean, all of that. And you get mm -hmm. a sack like that on a guy who was torching you the entire game was just absolutely a special moment there. I want to throw this at you, too. Yeah, um, sure. I'm going to keep asking you this question. Oh, yeah, what's up? You really think that, okay, T.O. or A.J. <laughs> you know what, man? Look, maybe it may Did T.O. play like this? Or how about this? In 04, did he play better than this? It just seemed... He had 1,400 yards, I think, Tone, in 12 games or some 13 games because he missed the final two. Look, I'll put you like this, right? Maybe it's recency bias, but I got to go with AJ right now, man. AJ is a freak of nature right now. Big Sills, like, you know, he maybe he could have more TDs or whatever, but the reality is, you know, he's he's on pace to break, you know, Calvin Johnson's, you know, record as far as um, receiving yards in the season, just like Tyreek Hill. That's right. Is, but Owens had 14 touchdowns that year. Yeah, almost. Had a lot. I mean, now, granted, you know, AJ had I think eleven or twelve last season. So that yep. that season is more that that season mirrors more so the TO season. But from just from a pure dominance, week after week after week after week after week, AJ Brown's going to crush those TO numbers from a yardage perspective. Um, he's definitely going. He's definitely going to um, break the um, the organization's uh, uh, all time record in reception in, in receptions in a season. Um, right now, right now, Devontae Smith has the record. Um, but but again, man. 
you know, I look at this, you know, you brought up something about the um, the conference, right, and the standings and how this is such an important week for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I look at it like this. Eagles 7-1, and one, Seahawks 5-2, and two, Detroit 5-2, and two, Dallas 5-2, and two, 49ers 5-3. and three. Those are the five teams. No one else, everyone else is irrelevant. All right, after that, so, it's New Orleans and a bunch of nobodies. Exactly, right, exactly. So this, this week, it can be so pivotal in terms of really – taking a stranglehold on the NFC. You win this game, you go up eight and one, and the Cowboys drop to five and three. The 49ers are already five and three. The 49ers play the Jags next week. They can lose that game. So you can legitimately get a stranglehold on your conference before the bye week. If and, and then you come back healthier and then you and then you set yourself up for that big run against the Chiefs and Bills and uh you know all those teams, right? Uh you play the Cowboys again, you got the Seahawks they have a legitimate chance to give themselves some cushion if they beat the Cowboys this week. This win is this game is so crucial because if you lose, now you're seven and two. Dallas is six and two. You dig what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. this this is such an important week for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, and I think they understand that in the grand scheme of things. Cue ball, I saw that about the linebackers. Um, it's been an ongoing situation the last three years, actually, in them covering mm-hmm. anybody, and there's always had issues, even last year with TJ Edwards. Yeah, it was still a struggle for sure. It was still a struggle in covering. I ranked them like this, Tone, in the NFC. Mm -hmm. And I did throw New Orleans in just because I don't think there's anything. I mean, New Orleans is underachieved at four and four, in my opinion. Um, Seattle at five and two, five. Did we overvalue Derek Carr? Did we overestimate him? I under I over I I overestimated because I thought he'd be better impact that he would have on the Saints. Me too. I thought he be. I thought he would bring some stability to that quarterback position, and it just seems like he's like he's Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde each and every week. Yeah, and I got, I I put. And by the way, I did, I'm not really looking at the record here and how I'm ranking them. I got New Orleans six. I got Seattle five. I got Cowboys four. Detroit tonight will tell me a little bit more about them. They're taking on the Raiders, tonight? so they're at five and two right now. What I got the Niners at five and three two. Then I got the Eagles one in the NFC right now. It's funny, Tone. It looks to me that the Eagles haven't regressed as much as the rest of the NFC has regressed. That's and a good point. to me, that makes them maybe even better than a year ago. And even right this point last year, they were 8-0. Mm-hmm. And right now, being at 7-1 and with all the issues that they didn't face a year ago, I got to tell you, if you were to tell me with the schedule that they have now, they're coming into the meat of it now. I mean, they're not going to be playing any shitty teams, really, for the next month and a half, okay? So they're going to be coming up here now. We're going to find out a ton more, I think, in these next five weeks, right, about them. So um, still, with that being said, I mean, I think they're ahead of – I think they're ahead of schedule from what I thought they were going to be because – Agreed. I mean, with all the holes, and now we're talking injuries, we're talking – Actually trying to reinvent the offense. The quarterbacks injured early in the season versus late in the year. And as you said, this is why this Cowboy game is important. Because if Hurts is hurt and you put the Cowboys this week at 5-3 and three, and you win and you're 8-1, and one, you got a two-game lead that if there's any significance where you feel you have to rest your guy, in a game against the Giants or something like that, where a team has already surrendered, you you're going to have the ability to do that like you did a year ago. It'll be like having an extra buy for your quarterback, depending on what issues you have. 
So I think I think this Cowboy game is big. To, to, I think get a, as big a lead as you can. I'm concerned about Seattle. The only teams I'm concerned about in the NFC are Seattle, mm-hmm. the 49ers, and I'll let you know after tonight, tomorrow with Detroit. Yeah, Detroit should win this game. Honestly, the Raiders are kind of imploding on themselves. But this should be a game that that they should really not struggle with. They should, pretty, they, in my opinion, they should honestly dominate it. But ultimately, you're right, man. Um, you know, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are ahead of schedule. Like there was a point in time where, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have them. I had them having a, a couple more losses prior to being seven and one. You know what I'm saying? Like honestly, I thought they would drop the the Dolphins game. I thought they would win the Jets game. You know what I'm saying? I thought they would drop one of the Washington games. I, I, I really thought that. So I think I had this team being. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. <sighs> and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty. <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, they're 7-1 right now. I think I had them maybe being 6-2 and two going into the bye week or something like that. Um, But, man, you're right. I think it's so funny. We talk about, you know, all the different teams in the NFL – and what the Eagles are experiencing right now, the inconsistencies in play calling, the red zone struggles, the turnovers, and all those things are very true, and all those things have to be cleaned up in the long run. But when you actually watch this team and how they've conducted themselves and how they've always been prepared each and every week, yes, they have a loss against the, against the Jets. Should never happen, but it happened. I look at a team that potentially can probably actually win it all this season because of how everything went last year, they seem to be one of the more battle-tested teams right now. And despite all the struggles, they still have this unique quality, this unique trait that uh, that propels them to wins. You know, they were down double digits in that game. 
they were like they they like I can I can name off a few games where they were down double digits this season and they Commander found a way game, to they were same they were down 17-10 both games. Yep, they were down 17-10 in both games. I think they were down in that Rams game too at, at one point. Um they were down in that Patriots game at one point. You know, it's just this team regardless of the circumstance, they have this unwavering belief that they can win every single game and they don't look overlook any opponent. I think that's a skill you need to have in terms of, look, every game's not going to go your way. Certain things are going to happen. How do you respond? Can you stay diligent? Can you stay focused? Can you stay poised when things get shaky? You played this game, Sills, and I'm pretty sure you've been in games where you when you thought it would probably be maybe a little bit more, you got maybe you thought you guys would have more of a handle on it than you thought, but a game is kind of pushing you to your limit, but you still have this unwavering belief that we can beat anybody in any given situation. I don't care if we're down 10, 14. We can beat anybody, and that's the you kind of feeling I get from his team. You get into a game and you prepare and you game plan, and your coaches put you in a game plan because of mm-hmm. all the coaching and due diligence and all the film and all the trend work and all the trend books, the playbooks you get, and you get into a game, and all of a sudden a team like New Orleans or a team like Minnesota or Chicago will do something completely different just in, a, in an alignment or just in something that they're doing, just a a subtle move to a guy to the slot or maybe lining somebody up. And all of a sudden, all the things that you did in your preparation, they find success because this league is all about finding matchups and weaknesses. And what they do is that's why it looks different every week. You can think you're better. You know, we talked about this in the New England week. You You can go like this. What's the matchup New England wants? Well, tight ends and linebackers. Try to run the ball, and they're going to put the tight ends on them backers. That's what you do. Okay. Maybe if you play against San Francisco, do you really want Goddard going against Fred Warner? That might not be the best matchup, but maybe putting Swift in the slot, putting him out there in the slot, getting him out in space, having Hufanga have to drop down on him, and all of a sudden you got Devontae going on a slant. That's how you're you're playing a game against their weakest player. I'm trying to find that weak player. So it takes time during the game to adjust to that. And when you find that, that's why when they started finding out that Kobe Dean couldn't cover, that's why they went right back to him, right back to him, right back to him, because they knew they were going to get positive yardage. Why did they know that? Not that Dean, again, it's just reps and the corners are so far off the ball. It's a lot of space. They're going to be able to play pitch and catch. You know, they really didn't change their game plan all that much from that first game they played. No, no. And then on top of that, you know, this defense is predicated on forcing or expecting the opposing quarterback to make a mistake. They're trying to get these teams to go on or they're trying to force these teams to go on uh, 10, 11, 12, 13 play drives. They're trying to force them to extend a drive and – don't their, make a mistake. And the expectation is that they'll make a mistake. The problem in that game, yes, the expectation is they'll make a mistake, and the expectation is your pass rush will force them to make a mistake and put them in a compromised situation. So you're banking on your pass rush getting home, and you're hoping that your DBs can hold up just long enough, right? And he that did person. make a mistake, Tone. He made a mistake in a, in a crucial moment, you know. So that's kind of, that that's that's a perfect scenario. That's a perfect example of what they're hinging their defense on. Yes. But the issues in the first half and prior to that mistake 
is that Howell wasn't making any mistakes. No, no, he he played. He played and that was and that was the caveat right there. They didn't hey, expect no, him to play that well. Carry that game film and keep it in his pocket because he better. That's the best I. <laughs> hey, that's he the better. best he may ever play in his entire life. Yeah, okay? man, it's, it's fascinating that this guy he two of his best games of his career against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's it, it's it's wild, man. Um, he's averaging like three hundred fifteen yards this year. Right, just off that game alone. Just off that game alone is crazy. You want to – hey, we'll close this up here. Yeah, for sure. So, get this. So, the Cowboys are ranked 18th against the run. I'm running I'm, – I'm, I'm running at Michael Parsons. He, listen, he got he got to show me – he got to show me that jockstrap type. You know, I'm, I'm running right at him. I'm running right at him, man, because, again, that's what they did last year. They – like, there, there's a very – there's a signature play um, from last season. I believe it was an A.J. Brown t- – no, it was – I think it was a Devontae Smith touchdown. They ran an RPO. Uh, the running back faked like he was going. The running back, uh, they faked the handoff to the running back. The running back ran left. Jalen Hurts broke broke right. They got Lane Johnson, um, you know, to break right as well. And they forced him. They forced the Michael Parsons to make a decision. Basically, he 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 either had to play the quarterback, or he had to drop back in coverage. And they literally caught him in no man's land. And Jalen Hurts had the easy touchdown. You dig what I'm saying? So. Yeah. When you put Micah Parsons in a in a, in a decision making role it, on an island like that, you can exploit him. It's all about making the right decision at that point. The Eagles have the recipe; they have the blueprint to beat the Dallas Cowboys. They just got to put their foot on their neck, put the knife in, twist it, and call it a day. Bury him. I want, Halloween. I, I, Halloween ends on on some next Sunday. Halloween hey, ends next Sunday. I want. I want to get. I want to take an old switch off a. Of, off a of, off a tree, man, and just take them leaves off there, and I want to whip the Cowboys' ass with a switch on Sunday, and just end their guys' thoughts of anything ever in a game. I want to break their will. Yeah, I wanna, break, that's right. I, I, I don't just want to beat. I, I want to break their will. You I understand that Arizona, Arizona, and San Francisco fractured their will. Now you want to break the leg. That 49ers game did something to them. It did something yeah. to them. It made them insecure. And you know I'm on you know I'm you know I'm on Twitter. I don't I, I, I watch a lot of you know the, the the conversation that goes between the different fan bases and all that kind of stuff. And Cowboys fans right now they're um they're trying to they're trying to you know act like it's just another business trip. You know what I'm saying? You know they're trying to you know they're trying to say you know what? You know what I, hey, Tony, you know what I'd be telling you? You know better. They know better. You know what I'm gonna do to you. you I'm can glad. tell everybody what you think. Go ahead. You, yeah. know, you don't. And I'd be saying this kind of shit. Honest to hey. If that were me, I'd be doing Tony, I'd be like this. Don't talk to your father like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do not talk to your father like this. You know you better. Know, really quick before I get out of here, so I'm glad they beat the Rams like that. I'm I, I'm glad they beat them like that. Because I want them to come into this game. Oh, they are. I want them to come overconfident, feeling themselves, thinking that they're just going to just come in Philly and just uh just go crazy. I, I, I want I want them to feel so confident in themselves because that makes the fall. So much more beautiful. The pride, pride always comes before the fall, Sills. It always does. It never fails. We're gonna break their will. We're gonna break their spirit. We're gonna have them grasping for pearls, grasping for Bibles. We're gonna have. It's gonna be an exorcism on Sunday. I promise I'm gonna, you that. I'm gonna put you in a dunk tank, and I ain't gonna let your head up. You Facts. think you're bobbing for apples? I'm gonna drown your ass. <laughs> hey, I'm, 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 I'm. That's. I just, I, you got a great chance to put them dudes to sleep. By the way, Gary Cobb says he's good to go 4:30 Eastern. So. Awesome, sounds good. He uh, he has the link, so he should be good to go, man. I always love when G Cobb comes on, man. I love it.
You got it. All right, Tone. Thank you so much, my friend. Sir, I appreciate it. You already know. You're all right. That's my friend Tone. Does outstanding stuff. Do not forget our great friends at Hooters. 40th anniversary. We have a great, great, great opportunity for you guys to end up winning yourself some gift certificates. Here's our winners, Michael and Herman. Congratulations to you here on a football Monday. We'll start it up tomorrow with our gift certificate giveaway. But if you're going in tonight to any one of the locations, all the way from Rhode Island through Jersey, all the way down to King of Prussia, please do us a favor and go into any one of the locations. You can go to northeasttutors.com to find the location nearest to you. If you don't want to go in, Hooters2Go.com, that's the app. Our great specials, unbelievable specials. Six items, six bucks. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. Fall in Hooters and football. What better combinations do you have than that? Tuesday, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. NortheastHooters.com, that's NortheastHooters.com. When you roll into any one of the facilities, do me a favor, tell them Big Sales sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. EA 
G-L-E-S Eagles. We'll take a look at week eight of the NFL, which closes up tonight, by the way. And we'll get a look at what went down. Joe Burrow looks like he's rolling back. Um, Sam Howe was awesome. I I, I do want to say this. And I want to say this about, um, about Deion Sanders before we move on to the Eagles here and on their defensive issues and what they should do against Dallas. Dallas is the next one up here. Um, so for Deion Sanders to come out this morning and blame the offensive line for his kid getting hit the way he got hit this past weekend against UCLA is ridiculous. You knew going in that the Colorado Buffaloes coaching and you knew that the coaches were in an uphill battle with the talent that you had in the offensive line. But to blame the kids' poor play and being hit on poor offensive linemen, you knew that. And you know what he said? He said this, I need better guys in here. A head coach, a head coach of 19 and 20-year-old kids is out there saying that my kids suck and I need better guys for my kid because my kid's getting killed. And you know this already. How do you look at that and say that it's not, it can't just be about you and Shakur? Shador, it can't be. It's got to be about you and everyone else in the building. Your kid benefits with you acting like a coach and him acting like a teammate. It makes you come off like you're better than the rest of the people in the building. That's a poor look, dude. That's a poor look. Is it really about you and your kid? Or is it about Colorado getting better? He's not wrong. But to publicly throw your kids, your 18 and 19 and 20-year-old kids, under a bus because your kids sucked out loud against UCLA, and he was pummeled. He didn't say anything that wasn't true. But you win and die as a team. And for him to do that just shows you a little bit of his inexperience on being a head coach. Because right there, that's unbecoming of a head coach. That's totally unbecoming. You don't throw kids under a bus because your kids sucked. Even if it's true, totally uncool, uncalled for, and wrong. So those kids, when they play this weekend, now you got the head coach saying, I'm not good and I'm no good and I'm not going anywhere. And by the way, if any of those kids had aspirations of playing in the NFL, you can kiss those goodbye. Head coach says you suck. You ruin a kid's dream of trying to get an opportunity of playing in the NFL and get this, it's about his kids' numbers. And what about the other offensive linemen that are trying to play in the league too? Your head coach, on your current head coach, telling everybody and all the scouts, this is the shit that happened to Jalen Hurts. He's not good enough. He can't read defenses. Ask Jalen how that felt. Ask Jalen Hurts how that felt when a coach said he couldn't read defenses. Okay. I ask him, look at this dickhead, Keon. There's a difference between an 18 and 19-year-old kid who's in college and a guy making 
$8 million in the pros. Okay? And a kid has no chance or maybe the slimmest chance of trying to reach the NFL. Okay? Sticking up for his players. You don't need to stick up for me. I make $20 million. Worry about yourself, guy. We all get paid here. So you thought it was okay to hurt a kid's opportunity to become an NFL player at the expense of someone else. That's unbecoming, Dion, of a head coach. And I'm your biggest fan. I'm a fan. I am. And I don't have to quantify my take. All I'm saying here is that guy, in my opinion, throwing 10 to 15 to 20 kids under a bus for his kid and hurting their draft status to help his kid's draft status, and that's all that is, is uncool and not a good look. It's the first time I've actually disagreed with the whole thing. And by the way, they don't run the ball up there. You know why? Because they don't want to. I think they ran the ball 20 times or something. He ran it. Chip Kelly ran you out of the building. You see what Dion did too? The Rose Bowl was sold out. Damn shame, kid. Dion needs to be a better head coach. That was not a good look. Throwing, hey, is Shador good? Of course he is. Is Dion doing great things? Yes, he is. And again, I'm not going to justify and quantify giving backhanded slaps and then slapping a guy with a take because that's the lamest way to do it because most guys and most white hosts do that. So I'm not doing that, but I do like what he's doing. I'm I'm, I'm not one of those hosts that if I'm going to give a guy a backhanded slap and then hit him over the head with my actual take, and most white guys do that, I'm not doing that. It was a shitty look. Throwing those kids under the bus for no reason. All right, we move on. Let's do this. If you're the Philadelphia Eagles, by the way, Gary Cobb will join us at 4.30 Eastern. Um, How would you approach the Cowboys? Offensively. <clears throat> can't speak the truth about a man or you're a racist. Hey, Josh, I say, you know what I say to that? I, I don't any longer hide under my desk to those. And I'm not saying you're saying that, but it's true. Yeah. Criticize anything. You're a racist. When sp sports, it's nothing to do with it, really, in a way. Okay. I would say that about anybody throwing their kids under a bus. Anyway, what do you do to Dallas? Sales, one in 11 team last year. You can be honest, but primetime has to look in the mirror so he doesn't have a shitty look. You can't do that privately? You can't undress your offensive line privately? Why does it have to be in the media to let everyone know that the kid sucks? I could kick a guy. Hey, 
Why can't I tell an offensive lineman you're not doing very well? I'm going to replace your ass if you don't get going. Why do you have to take to a microphone? Because you want people to know that it's not your kid. This goes back to being like cheerleaders. You have to tell the people in the world behind a microphone that your players aren't good. Why don't you have a one-on-one with your players? Instead, Dion, right after the game, gets to the microphone and says his kids suck without even looking at the game film. How do you know your kid didn't suck? Okay, run the ball. Cowboys are 18th. And they're cowardly against the run. They're cowardly. They want nothing to do with stopping the run. You know why? Why do you think Dallas's defense wants nothing to do with stopping the run? Why do you think Dallas doesn't care about stopping the run? And by the way, you don't have the best O-line in football anymore. I think that O-line's in Cleveland. You are not going to tell me you have the best offensive line for three straight games you haven't rushed for 100 yards. You sound like a Cowboy fan now. You're not, a, you're, you're, not, you're, you're not applying who you are, actually. When you, you're, you're, you're making that up. We have the best O-line in Philly. No, you don't. Not the last month you haven't. That's not true. Washington outrushed you. I mean, you do not. How can, okay. Hey, Rashid. How in the world could you call yourself the best offensive line in football when the last three weeks you haven't run for 100 yards? How? How can you call yourself that? For almost a month, you haven't put up a 100-yard game. No, it's regressed because you've gotten away from it. It's, it's, it's like you don't want to run the ball. Jurgens is going to be the linchpin in this thing? Well, shit. The Sayamalo loss is a massive loss then. I thought you guys told me that this thing was going to be a plain and simple, just shift the center over. Okay. Here's why Dallas doesn't want to do and why you run the ball at the Cowboys. You know why? Playing the run is the dirty work. And what Tone said, the Cowboys are all about the flash, the sacks, the interceptions, turnovers. And when that shit ain't happening, somebody's got to go do the dirty work. And they don't have any dirty work players on that team. They don't have pail and shovel guys. You see, you got pail and shovel guys on that team. And they're coached that way. These guys are blue-collar workers in, in, um, in Philadelphia. You know what you have? Madison Avenue guys in Dallas. Guys in suits. That's what you got. Okay? I don't know what it is. And Gary Cobb has played against the Commanders slash Redskins a ton of years. By the way, tomorrow we're going to have on Jimmy Johnson at 
5.30. Coach Wonstadt will be on on Wednesday. And also, Boomer Sison will come back on with us. That'll be later in the week. So I got to get G. Cobb in here, man, and get his thoughts and his takeaways on that game. That really saw the Washington Commanders pretty much kind of game plan. And I don't know, Sam Howell, man, I'll tell you this, G. Cobb, if, if Sam Howell plays just the Eagles on a week-to-week basis, this guy's a $50 million a year guy. I, I mean, I was really dis- disappointed the way the defense played. I mean, to let this guy throw for 400 yards against you, you know, um, I, you know, I can't really say, you know, I don't know uh, what was happening. Cause see, I'm, I'm in Detroit now, just to tell you a little bit. Um, I'm up here, you know, they got alumni day up here in Detroit. That's why I'm here. You know, got the game tonight. So I've been up here and that's. Uh, you make that's sure why. you tell Lomas Brown and Spielman hi. Okay. I, I will definitely do that. You know, in fact, Lomas tonight is going into the Lions Hall of Fame. Spielman uh, introduced him and everything. So they're up here. So I will definitely give them your regards and everything and, uh, and, and, and talk to them, let them know that you uh, wanted to reach out to them and everything, but they, they are all up here. And so, you know, they got a game against um, the Raiders and you know trying to rebound for that awful performance they had against the Ravens. So, and the people up here are really excited about the Lions. So we'll see that. But of course, with the Eagles, I mean, the way the defense played, you know, you, you really have to wonder and, you know, you know, just taking games for granted. I mean, you just cannot do that, you, you know. And, and there's a, an establishment that you have to have with the guards being a professional where you, you never, you know, fail to show up ready to play. And, and uh, but it can happen. It can happen. You got you got young guys uh, assuming that everybody's going to bow down to them. But I, I kind of expected that the commanders were going to be ready to play. When I heard J- Jonathan Allen going off after the game and, and, and getting emotional about it, I think what he did is, you know, he, he put some fire in that team. And I do. I thought they were going to show up ready to play because, you know, you, you don't want to get embarrassed See, when it does get per- personal. And, and sometimes coaches will do that where they will get on guys where they make it personal. And if you have any self-respect, you're going to show up ready to perform. And I thought that's what Washington did. And, um, you know, the Eagles were fortunate to get out of there with a, with a W because Gary, uh, I'm going to say this to you about N'Kobe Dean. That guy's a liability in pass defense. He is, I mean, he made some good fits when it came to the run, but yeah, I mean, you know, someone goes like this to me, you know, he made 11 tackles. I'm like, yeah, well, when someone tells me you gave up 500 yards of total offense at 31 points and you had 11 tackles, I'm not sure that I'm going to be crowning you game balls or anything That's because right. they targeted him. I mean, and get this, Morrow and Cunningham actually are outplaying him. It just seems that they really are steadfast in getting him in there. Is that a mistake? Yeah, you know, no, I, you know I, I know what you're saying. And, uh, you know, I, I was talking about how, you know, somebody had asked me, in fact, uh, on Fox, they had asked me, um, you know, I know the show we're, we're doing in Philadelphia uh, about, you know, what is the biggest surprise of the of the season? You know, I said the biggest surprise to me is the play of the linebackers. You know, and I'm talking about Moreau, uh, you know, and, and Cunningham, the way they have played. And, and they've done a great job. And, you know, uh, I mean, Kobe's a great kid and everything, but I don't see how you can put him back in there with the way they played. There was no liability in there. So, 
you know, you give up all those type of points and yards and, you know, I'm sorry. Grab a seat over there on, on, on the oak. <laughs> Absolutely there. Tell me this. Um, you know, when you when you when you watch, you know, the Eagles keep I keep hearing this, Gary, that the Eagles are the they're the they got the best old line in football. Then why in the last three weeks have they not rushed for a hundred yards? Um, they got high turnovers. Yeah. Um, they're throwing the ball ten times more. They're kind Too of much. almost, it seems, and I'll say this. Yeah, who intimidated you more last last year's offensive approach with their balance, or this year's offense? And to me, it was last year's twenty two team because there was more balance. This year, it just seems one dimensional. Well, you know, and and the thing is, you know, uh, that's why I was saying that I thought something I would like to see addressed is to, to get somebody to hand in the ball off to who's a little bigger. You know, I mean, as good as Swift has been. I could see that he is not going to be a guy that's pounding and pounding. He's just not that kind of back. He's the kind of back where he's going to run some, but you want to get it to him out in space, uh, you know, with a pass play, a screen, that sort of thing. Even uh, Detroit moved off him. That's right. I mean, and I, I thought it was, you know, he, he's a guy who is, he's not a pounder. Come on. You cannot ever think that he is. And if he's running inside, and I saw, you know, where one of the safeties came up, uh, a couple games ago, and I could see him turn a little bit like that, where he is not the guy that's going to line up and pound a a safety the way a, a physical back is going to do. So I would, you know, I, I, you know, this, the whole thing was Rashad Penny. I don't know what the situation with him. They just don't like something about him. He doesn't play, but they need a physical back. You know, what's the love the affair line? though, Gary, with Kenny Gainwell? What's that? What's the love affair with Kenny Gainwell? What I, I don't know. I mean, come, on, he's, he, he, come on, he's not running over anybody. Come on, who's kidding who? You know, he does get up in there. And I I, I think the, 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 the thing last year was they liked him because he does hit it up in there compared uh, to um, the guy they had last year, uh, Miles. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders took everything outside. They did not like that. Gainwell would take it up. But he's too small to be a physical back. He's a little guy, you know, and and he, he is. I mean, he's he's building everything. But come on, he's the guy's five six, whatever. He's a little bitty guy, and in the NFL, he's nothing. Come on, guys, don't think anything of him running running at him, and so they don't have a physical back, which I think if if they had that, where where they're getting physical with people. Then that's what that line is, is designed to block for. Somebody's going to get physical, meaning like we, we're going to always have get you where you can dig in there and get four yards, you know, a, a physical back. But the little guys they have, they, they just really don't fit that style. You know, they don't have a back who's really uh, a, a physical back who uh, people even think anything of when it comes to his physicality, you know. How about this too, Gary, the corner play. I mean, you know, when you – when you, like, look at like if this is if I'm Dallas and I'm Dan Quinn, the OC, the DC, man, I'm doing this. Yeah. If Dean's in the game, I'm targeting him. Yes. If I'm gonna, if I'm or or if I'm the if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm playing pitch and catch, and I'm putting CD in the slot. Yeah. And I'm gonna let him run there. And to me, I mean, why are you still playing ten yards off the ball? You play ten yards off the ball like that with Dak, who's yeah. eight and three against the Eagles. He'll throw for 500 yards on you. I agree. I mean, they got to get up on, you know, 
I, I don't know. I, I can't say. I, I mean, I was just so disappointed in the outing by the defense, you know, that they just didn't look like they were ready to play. You know, like they're going to play, uh, you know, one, you know, a practice game or something, you know. They were not ready to play, man. I mean, <clears throat> and you can't anticipate and say, well, uh, th- this other team isn't going to be ready to play. Come on. You you got to show up ready to play every week. And they were not ready to play emotionally. Blankenship, too. Yeah, that's right. All of them. That that whole group. I, I, could, I can't. I, I don't know what's going on and where you, you show up and you play that poorly. Uh, now, they've got some receivers with some talent. But you got the kid back there. Come on. You got a young quarterback who's still learning the game. You can't let him throw for 400 yards against you like that. There's, there's Thurston, no Thurston Howell the third threw for 400 yards versus you in your secondary. I'll tell you this, too. The loss of Jalen Carter yeah. was totally um, felt, and I thought maybe the injury to Davis as well. Mm-hmm. You really saw when they were out there with Fletcher, who's still coming off, I guess, the back spasms, and, yeah. and Milton Williams is hurt a little yep. bit because he mm-hmm. went in and out. Boy, I'll tell you something, man. It was really, um, it was, it really showed that those two guys weren't out there, uh, without a doubt. I mean, uh, they were really the key to what had me excited about the defense. The way those two were playing, uh, you know, Davis and Carter. Um, but you know, with them banged up, you know, you just don't have the same football team. And really, without them, really shows kind of exposed our secondary. That if you're you're not putting pressure in that on that quarterback. You know, these guys, I mean, they were awful in the first game against Washington. What is it that they have against Washington? I mean, they got some good receivers, but, I mean, they're not the greatest to ever play the game. Uh, but the, the, the two games they played against Washington this year, both of them were garbage, and they, they scored at least 30-some points against them in both of those games. I'm That's trying to they, think, I'm trying to think, Gary, of that pass rusher that you play. Is it Mike Coffey that you played with? Was who who was who was the end that played with you, the outside linebacker that rushed the passer when you were in Detroit? Oh, when I was in oh, oh Kofer, Mike Kofer, Kofer. My, yeah. Mike Kofer. Yeah. And now, hey, I get this stuff about Micah Parsons all the time about how he's LT. Yeah. He's not Mike Kofer. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, dude, Mike was a very underrated football he player. He, he was, was good, man. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, the kid was an athlete. Uh, he was he was a good he was very good and he played he played the run in the past. See, that's the thing is he he and uh, he, was, he was smart and he played hard and run all day. And he that kid could run all day, man. He'd get out and just run. You know we you know when we would come in uh, for uh, you know uh, after the off season, you come in to, uh, let's say uh, summer training, and we had to run the twelve minute run or whatever. Yeah, man, you didn't want to be anywhere near him when you do that twelve minute run, man. <laughs> He's gonna make you feel like you're in no kind of shape. Because he's getting run, it done he in nine minutes. <laughs> hey, he run hey, all day, man. Hey, Gary, for you, yeah. you know, I know that you have a lot. Of, you you love the fact that you're an eagle, but you know the Lions gave you your start. Yeah, and you were not for whatever reason. I don't know what happened. I because you know I. Oh, by the way, I hear you. Okay, I got. Yeah, I, I knew we we're getting you, so I got a high, little high. Stanford. <laughs> Black Knights on here today. They sent it to me. They sent me some gear. Okay. And I said, here's some Gary Cobb, Stanford Black Knights. The, the actual Black Knights head coach sent me this. I so I so. said, you know, I get Cobb on. He goes, here, show him this. Okay. So from wherever it was and why you didn't get drafted higher, uh-huh. 
um, out of USC to go to the Lions, but they did give you your opportunity and you became a 12, you became a 10 plus year vet. I mean, yeah. that's got to mm-hmm. hold something dear to you being able to say that, you know, Detroit gave you your start. Well, it did. And, you know, and I was, I was proud of what we did in Detroit. We had, we had a good defense. I mean, we had, uh, you know, Bubba Baker was here, you know, I've seen all of them, uh, you know, I, I, I don't see them all the time. So getting the same, uh, Doug English, uh, you know, Al Baker and, wow. and those guys, you know, we, we had some good defenses and we went to the playoffs. And the thing is, um, we, we, we were playing the 49ers in the playoffs, 1983. We got a, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the right up back. We got to kick a 39 yard field goal and San Francisco's going home. You know, we got them beat in the playoffs out there. Unfortunately, you know, we had a money, we had a great, we got a great kicker too, Eddie Murray. He was, was a yeah. pro bowl kicker. But he was wide to the right, man. <laughs> wide to the right. And and, and uh, but we had we had them beat out there. But we had a good team and um, you know, we played defense and we had Billy Sims. See? And hey, so, Billy uh, Sims was the original 20, and if he doesn't right. blow his knee out, that's right. I like to have seen what he could have done. I gotta tell you a Bubba Baker story. Okay. So <laughs> You know, you know who Pizzulli is. He's another Stanford kid, right? That's right. right. So Baker goes and plays in Cleveland. I've told some of these guys this story. Yeah. So they're getting ready to play. It was the drive game against Denver. It's the AFC championship game. Mm-hmm. And Schottenheimer comes in the room. Oh, my God. This is going to be the greatest game. He just starts bawling. He's, yeah. The tears are coming out of his eyes. He's uh-huh. given the passionate speech. Hey, I'm your general, and I'm going to go and lead you into battle. Yeah. Bubba Baker looks over at Pizzuli and goes like this. Duck goes, he goes like this. He goes, damn, dude, I don't know about you, but I want my general crying going into battle. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound like Bubba? <laughs> That's Bubba. That's Bubba, man. <laughs> he was he was back there just, uh, you know, last night with the jokes, you know, he's he never stops, man, but he's he's always been a lot of fun, and the dude could rush the passer. Oh, man, you know what? If you look at the unofficial stats, they updated all the sack guys, mm-hmm. uh, and they gave guys sacks from 1960. Yeah. You know, Bubba Baker's in the top 20, along with Corey uh, Bacon, that guy from Cincinnati. Is that so? They moved, oh, yeah. When they gave him all of his stats, uh-huh. they put him in the top 20 of all-time sack leaders. Is that well, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk, talk to him about it tonight. You know, uh, we of course got the game, but I'll be over there sitting next to him, and and we'll be talking and stuff and having some good laughs and everything. But I will let him know that. But uh, he, he deservedly, man, the guy. Oh, but I tell you, you know what he used to tell me, Cobb, you can have all my tackles. Okay, he said whatever tackles I make today, I'm going to give them to you because a thousand tackles equal one sack. You know, <laughs> he, he was like, you better get to the quarterback. <laughs> And that's it, man. <laughs> look at see, look at look at look at yeah, hey, repping never high. I'm hey. repping Cobb today. That's it. That hey, sounds good. Gary Cobb's Gary Cobb, the legendary Stanford Black Knight, right that's there. That's it. G Cobb, have a great time tonight. All right. Sure you tell Lomas and Spielman I said hi. Hey, I, I, I bet you Benny Blades is probably there. You know he is. He is. He is. He is. Yeah, here. make sure yeah. you tell him too. I know I will a lot tell of them him, dudes, I will, man. I will do that. Kevin Glover and all them guys. Hey, hey, yeah, and Kevin, and Glover's here. You know, because wow. me and Glover were talking. Because see, I wore fifty three. He came here, and took fifty three. So I told him, "Hey, he's a fifty three guy. You're my man." Now, yep. did he have to pay you for it? 
No, because I, I was gone. I was headed to Philadelphia. See, I got traded. Had right. to go there and, and make some money. <laughs> Gary, thank you so much. Enjoy yourself tonight, my friend. All right. Have a good one. You got it. G Cobb in, D in Motown tonight for the Lions and Raiders. Giving us his spin from Fox 29 in Philadelphia. Love G Cobb. G Cobb was a legend in Stanford, Connecticut. I was like, did, did, I, I've told you guys this before. By the way, you, do you know who his brother is? Hey, uh, Tone, Google this. Ernie Cobb. Do you guys know who Ernie Cobb is? He, he also went, this ain't my high school, Stanford, Stanford. I went to Stanford Catholic. Okay. Do you guys know? Who Ernie Cobb is? Do any of you know who Ernie Cobb is? He is no, no, no. He's not related to Ty Cobb. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, uh oh. Boston College point guard and. <laughs> yeah. Point shaving thing. That's right. He was one of the players that was accused of point shaving in the BC point uh, shaving scandal with Henry Hill. It was uh, featured in Goodfellas. Yep. All time leading scorer when he left uh, Stanford High and then he went to BC. And got caught up in that. That's Cobb's brother. I think he's a school teacher now in Arizona, in Phoenix. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to take a timeout. We're going to look at week eight of the National Football League. We'll revisit a little bit of the Commander game. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger 
Another medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Some good news, Eagle fans. My source in the Eagle locker room coaching staff. We'll just say TR. My secret spy, T.R. No names. T.R. just told me something. That you're going to love it. You don't know who I'm talking about. T.R. Are you ready? Jalen Carter will be ready to rock and roll for the Cowboy game on Sunday. How you doing? Yeah. Carter season, baby. Man, I love that guy. I told you since day one. I said it and everything. Get get this. He's actually exceeded expectations. Yes, indeed. Um, What's this? Damn, Sills. I was thinking how he got another corner. I don't know that yet. That's tomorrow. By the way, somebody was in here. The trading deadline is tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, not Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Okay? Get your rest, Dak. You're going to have a long day. Man, Mozzie Smith. 
don't worry, he won't see the field unless he's bringing water out. That guy couldn't make my daughter's rugby team. My daughter's rugby team is the sixth-ranked team in the country. And the only thing he would be doing is running water bottles out to the people who actually play. Tom, Mozzie Smith carries a water bottle. Okay? Hey, you want any ice? <laughs> That's all he's good for. Mozzie Smith runs out with, like, the canisters of water for the guys who are actually out there doing all the, the meat work and doing all, like, the good stuff out there, right? Mozzie's like, and you guys need water? Uniforms all clean and shit. He's got a Sunday's best on. You guys need water? Here, I got a cup, too, if you want. I, got a, I, I, I drink out of a sippy cup, but here's a water thing if you want. Mozzie Smith sips out of a sippy cup. That's how bad he is. Quality H2O. Shit, man, I'd take the water boy over Mozzie Smith. At least that guy hit someone. I like hitting people. Mozzie Smith is the greatest example of what the Cowboys aren't. Good. <laughs> hey, Jordan Davis. Do you remember Jerry Jones compared Mozzie Smith to Reggie White? He compared him to Reggie White. I'm, I'm like, more. no, you mean Betty White. From the Golden Girls or the Golden Chicks, whatever they were. Right? Mozzie Smith stinks. Stinks. Hey, I do. Hey, real quick. I'm going to reset the game here in a minute, and I'm going to get into week eight of the NFL, okay? So Jim Harbaugh now is under scrutiny for this whole thing with taping and shit, whatever. <laughs> hey, man, I think it's freaking great. Michigan. Michigan pretends that they're a good football program. They're not. Michigan in the a, a, a tone. Get this. Michigan in the last 85 years has won a half of a national title. And they talk and walk like they are a national power. You see a lot of people, politicians and people in television executives they like Michigan, and Michigan's a good sell. You know, it's a product. People like Jim. Michigan doesn't meet, bring any viewers. Jim Harbaugh does. So if you run Jim Harbaugh out of college football, that's the best thing on the planet for Dion. Because he would have no more characters as head coaches. Jim Harbaugh's going to go to the Chargers and turn that thing around. Well, that's if the Spanoses are smart, and most of the time they're not. I mean, when have the Spanos has had a good coach in with the Chargers? Can you tell me? Think about an organization. You know, Howie and the Eagles may not hire big-name assistant coaches because they really don't, except for Chip. Chip was a big-name hire. But can you tell me the last coach that the Chargers hired that was good? Let me think. Bobby Ross? That was in the 90s. Let's see. Uh, Marty Schottenheimer fired him after 14 and 2. Yeah, Steve, he went 14 and 2. They fired him. <laughs> they brought Norvell Turner in. 
Talk about a stupid organization. Totally the dumbest. And now you got, uh, dude, no head coach should be named Brandon. Okay, Brandon Staley. Brandon. Okay, Brandon. Brandon. We will reset top of the hour here. Why do the commanders you think have your number? What do they do? Dallas has your number too. Dallas has your number two. Neil says unsure. You know why? They know what the kryptonite is in the Eagle defense. It's plain and simple to see. When you play a team like Miami, who you don't see at all, but every couple of years, they have no idea what your tendencies are. They, even if you watch it on film, they don't know where your personnel weakness is. See, divisional opponents know where your personnel weaknesses are. Remember what I told you? Remember, what, when did I say this, Tone? About six months ago? The reason why all these division games, especially in the NFC East, are always close is because you draft and roster build, not to beat the 49ers, but to beat the Cowboys, the Giants, and Washington. You got to beat them guys first before you can beat anybody else. Beating San Francisco, you're looking over the point. How can you be good outside of your division if you can't beat anybody in it? That's why the Eagles are, they're, Hey, by the way, you ever notice what's that what's that um statistic? Why is it that nobody has had back-to-back NFC East crowns? What is it since 04? When's the last Okay, Matt, I'll help you out. When's the last time there's been back-to-back NFC East champions? What was the year? What was the year the first time there were or the last time, I should say, was back-to-back NFC East champions. 04? 02? 04. 04. So we're talking 20 years, just about. 20 years that we haven't had back-to-back titles in the NFC East. Well, don't you think that that plays out exactly why every game is close and usually everyone splits? Is because everyone does do a great job at... See, the Cowboys are built to beat Philly. But the Cowboys aren't built to beat anybody else. They do a good job. And and over the last 11 games, they've owned you. Circumstances in there, resting guys, injuries, surely play a factor. 
but still you can't get away from the record that they're eight and three against you. Okay. So LJ wants to go back 25 years. Okay. 25 years. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about kind of like right now also. Every one of those teams tries to do the best job they possibly can at drafting guys and roster building against the opponents that are in the division. That's why all these games are close. This Cowboy game, I don't know what really to think. Just an early look at it. Let, let, let's do this. How many people think the Eagles blow them out? And, and by the way, we'll, we'll talk more about it as the week goes on, obviously. Jimmy Johnson tomorrow will be with us at 5.30. What do, how many people think this is a blowout versus Dallas? Just some off the top, off the top numbers. 27, 20, 24, 21, um, 34, 30, 27, 24, 35, 28. That'd be a blowout, in my book. 34, 27, that would be kind of a blowout. 30-20, that's a blowout. I think anything 10 or more is significant. If you're going into the last drive and you're got you're down two possessions, you're getting handled. LJ's got 24-17. I like that number. 28-20, that's right there. Yeah, Dallas built skills. Building skills are shit as of late. My tentative... Score prediction, 31-23. I say that's kind of a blowout. So does your defense – you think your defense holds back that Cowboy de, um, offense? Do you think the Cowboy offense is better than the Commander offense? I can't wait to hear this one. So, Steve, you you don't think the Cowboy offense is better than the Commander offense? Really? I would disagree with that. How about the toilet bowl? That thing was – we're going to talk about it. That thing was – a. Oh, they have a better quarterback O line. I think the wide receivers are compatible and comparable boys offense better. And I would say that the Cowboys defense is not as stout, but has more past defensive skilled people. Does it make sense? I think the, what is the one thing again? You know the one thing that the commanders have, and I told you the one thing they have that is very difficult for the matchup for Philly. If you're going to beat or you're going to have a shot to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, you have to have a defensive line. And if you don't have a defensive line, they're going to run you out of the building. 
That's what they did with Miami. They ran them out of the building because they didn't have a D-line. If you have a D-line, you're going to be in a game with them. The Patriots, beginning of the year, had a D-line. You have a D-line, and you're pretty good across, and you're stout across the front. You're going to hang in there with them for a while, and you're going to give them some issues because of the shit that's going on in the passing game because they're not as balanced as a year ago. Personally, um, there's no reason that that game was, what was it, 38-31? There's no reason that score should have been there. And I'll, and I'll say this to you. That game was, in my book, a 38-18 game, something like that. It should have been in that conversation, not what they're doing with the one-dimensional one offense. They're a one-dimensional offense. They beat the commanders with a one-dimensional offense. It's almost like they've completely reversed themselves from being the balanced defense, uh, offensive running attack team to going to the passing team, but they're accepting the turnovers more. So for them to want – get this. This is everything Doug fought. Doug liked the balance. For some reason, they're – well, I think the injury also has played into the conversation here. Okay, I, I, before I take the time out here, I want to I want to expand this a little more here. Okay, so for them to get their value of their fifty million bucks with their quarterback, what they're thinking, they want to see what they see around the league right now, and I don't blame them in a way because you know why? If you're not passing the ball in today's NFL, would you not agree, everyone? If you're not passing the ball in today's NFL, you're behind the sticks. You just can't be a one-dimensional running football team. Tennessee Tennessee tried that, and they're not going to go anywhere. That kid, Will Levis, the kid from Connecticut, I think he's from Shelton, Connecticut. He went to Penn State first, then he transferred to Kentucky. He looks like he could be something. Okay? So the Eagles are accepting these turnovers now because you know why they're accepting them? You're accepting them because you're 7-1. and one. Okay, if, if that record was a little bit off five and three or some shit like that, they probably wouldn't be accepting them as much. You see, they don't have to revert back to just being a, a one dominant running the football team anymore. Because you know why? They're winning. So they're, li they're living with the bad red zone and they're learning to live with the turnovers that Hurts has. Styles make fights. Dolphins got a better offense than Washington, but Washington had better success. You know this. Yeah, yeah, they had better success because they they have, in my opinion, their skill set guys are more physical than Miami Dolphins skill set guys. You think Waddle and Tyree Kill are as physical as Dotson and McLaurin? I do not. That's why I don't really like the Dolphin wideouts. Hey, I'll get to that in a second. Hey, Sills. I was aware of this, but Mahomes and Allen also have eight, eight INTs. What's going on this year with the quarterbacks? It's a good year for defenses. It's a good year. It's a good year for defenses. You see, it's a good point, Lucius. Mahomes and Allen have eight picks. Hertz has high turnovers. Those organizations learn to live with it as long as they're winning. And I think that's where they're going. If Jalen Hurts has 15 interceptions this year and he throws for 500 or he throws for 4,500 yards, maybe they were afraid of it a year ago. 
of the turnovers. But you do become one-dimensional. And you know what else you do? You change your identity. No one would ever confuse Kansas City at being a physical football team. That's not a physical team. A finesse team beat a physical team in the Super Bowl. But they're going to learn to live with the turnovers. Okay? Buffalo learns to live with the turnovers. Maybe, hey, Tone, think about this. Maybe this is what this coaching staff has had to come to grips with. Hey, we throw the ball. What was the stat you threw out there, Tone, about Jalen Hurts? Here, get this, guys. So Jalen Hurts is on pace to throw for 600 attempts. Last year, do you know he threw for 435? You're, you're, you're talking like 150 more passing attempts. And here's the thing that they probably look at that gives them a lot of hope that they're turning this into a passing offense. He's still hanging around 68-4. Like I said, you have a guy throwing the ball 600 times and he's completing seven out of 10 of those balls. You're going to learn to live with the turnovers. You're going to learn to live with them. I think that's all. I think that was probably a tougher transition. That was probably, don't you think, everyone? That was probably a tougher transition for the coaches to have to come to grips with. We're going to have more turnovers. If we throw the ball more, the law averages tell you that. And get this. What's crazy about this, do you guys, I don't remember the year, but do you guys remember that when Nick Saban got the job in Alabama, remember what they did right out of the gate? They ran the shit out of the ball, Najee Harris and Derrick Henry and all them guys. Remember they ran the hell. Dude, they had so many great running backs. Alvin Kamara had to transfer to Tennessee. Remember that? Well, Nick Saban came to the understanding, if I'm going to get top flight recruits like wide receivers and quarterbacks and O-linemen in here, and I'm going to be able to get the recruiting of coaches like uh, Lane Kiffin and Sarkeesian and uh, Bill O'Brien and guys like that, I have to have offensive people who throw the ball around. Well, then there was a process that Saban transformed his entire offense from a run team to a spread team right in front of your eyes. It's kind of what the Eagles are doing now. If I throw six INTs and only throw the ball 450 times and add 200 more attempts on that, it's only natural for my INTs to potentially double. Maybe maybe more. Comes with the game. Seeing Hurts throw these picks is just something, that's right, that we're not used to seeing. That's correct. And I think, Tone, that that's been the tough that's been the tough look. Man, look at all these turnovers from a year. But you're throwing the ball 600 times now. Like you said, when you throw more, you got to live with it. See, this is – I think this is an us thing. You throw the ball 200 times more than what you did a year ago. You got to learn to live with 12 picks. Hey, Jeffrey, Hurts going for 4K? Hurts is going for 45K, 4,500. See, you guys didn't under, a, a tone. You know what I used to tell you guys he'll never throw for 4,000 yards? 
Well, that was because he was throwing the ball 435 times. You're never going to throw for 4,000 yards throwing the ball 430 times. Shit, man, there's, there's quarterbacks in the NFL that have that have 450 completions versus 435 attempts. Can't be Aaron Rodgers. Not many guys. That's what made the freaking Aaron Rodgers statistic so insane is why he was such a weapon. Aaron Rodgers, not many guys can average 650 attempts and only throw three picks. It's insane. I mean, his 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 touchdown to interception rate, I, I think he played 15 years and didn't have 100 picks. Am I right, Tone? It's some crazy number like that. He played like 15 years, and he didn't have 100 picks. I mean, I've never seen any. It's like four to one. Nathan goes spent 12 years building a line to run the ball. They want to get away from that, though. Hence, the attempts are more. Dude, this is not something I'm making up. Nathan, this is something they're doing. You see this, right? Guys, you see this. This is not an opinion. They're doing this. Rashid goes, I wish, Rashid, Rashid goes, I wish they would go back to it. Wide receiver talent is too good not to be passing a passing team. Fans want Hurts to throw more yards, but don't expect interceptions to come with it. I do. You want more throws, expect more picks. Right. And expect closer games. Can I make a comparison to you? He's playing like Josh Allen. People consider Josh Allen the best arm in the game. Do they not? And he has high turnovers. I mean, if you look down the line of stats, Allen and him are almost on the same pace. Hertz has to pass more to become an elite passer. I would say this to you, Latin Inferno. I would say this. Hertz has got to be perceived to be more of an elite quarterback passing more. Perceived. Because... 70, hey, 70% completion percentage in my book is elite. You're completing seven out of every 10. I mean, I don't know what more people want. I mean, we're not talking about 61%. This is a Philly problem. We love to run the game. We love to run the ball because it's a heart and soul and it's blue collar. Yeah, well, what's happened here is they're changing that because, again, and you know what? I'll take this statement back. How about this, Tone? If they continue on this process, Jalen Hurts will play 15 years. If they if they run – boy, I'm almost contradicting myself now so you guys can call me up on this one. If they go back to 2022, he'll play 10. 
Okay. Ray, yet to be determined. I think they want defenses to fear Jalen's arm. Um, I have get this, Brian. Have you guys ever seen a quarterback that has to change and has changed his entire game? This will be the second time he's changed his game inside of five years. I've never seen a quarterback go through so many facelifts in my life like Jalen Hurts. Okay, facelift number one, had to leave Alabama. Facelift number two, had to go to Oklahoma, showed that he could pass the ball. Cue ball, Eagles just traded street and 2025 seventh round pick for conditional 2024. To who? Think about it. Hertz only ran the ball like four times in six yards versus the commanders and still was able to dominate the game in the air and was accurate. Hertz is trying to break the glass ceiling. Yeah, well, look what he's doing now. What He was told he wasn't accurate. He's proven that to be different now. He's more accurate than Lamar. Falcons, okay. He's proven that to be more um, uh, not true. He's a dual threat guy. Well, he's not playing dual threat ball right now. As a matter of fact, Jalen Hurts is over the last month has not played dual threat football. He's playing more like Russell Wilson, Seattle Russell Wilson. He's playing more like that. Just just a comparison. He's more like when Russell Wilson was in Seattle. Falcons are trading for some defensive help, bringing in Eagles DT, Contavia Street, and a late round pick swap. It's conditional 2024 six-rounder if he plays at least six games in exchange for a 2025 seventh-rounder. Okay. So what is Howie doing? Why are those late round picks to him significant? Must be doing something tomorrow. Because you put a lot of those late round picks into deals. Um, and you know what they, they help you with? Salary cap stuff. Like, you know, you know what? It's an add-on. I'll give you a four and a six for this guy. I'll give you a or a multiple package deal. You understand what I'm saying? So it could be a significant name tomorrow. You make a trade for someone, two, three, five, and six sounds better on a trade. Who would that be? <clears throat> would it be the kid Moss in Indy? That last update was very wordy. Here is a clear picture. Eagles traded Street and a 2025 seventh-round pick to Atlanta Falcons for a 2024 sixth-round sixth pick. Okay. Um, yeah, he's setting something up. Sertain, 
way down the draft list for that. Way down the draft list. Let's see here. Uh, see, Patrick Sertain is going to be a one, a three, five, and six. Okay? And I believe he's in the last year of his rookie deal. So then, get this. I'll tell you what, though. This makes more sense now after that Commanders game. For Patrick Sertan, your corners are terrible, and you need replacements immediately. So, am I right, Tom? Say they say say the Eagles say the Eagles end up winning the Super Bowl. It would be the thirty second pick. You can have that pick all day long for Patrick Sertan. You can have that pick all day long. Reminder: ATLDT Grady Jarrett Torres ACL, so they needed some help. How we saw their need setting some for something up. It's got to be a corner. Ray goes too expensive. Ray, Ray says it's too expensive. A 32nd pick for Patrick Sertain. Why? Because Howie's a really great talent evaluator at corner. For a 24-year-old All-Pro, you can't. I, I I can't believe that Eagle fans value a first-round pick over a bona fide All-Pro, dude. When you when it's like the stock the the draft is a stock market whether the stock is good or not certain is a bona fide surefire superstar his stock is value all you got at 30 you don't know if nolan smith's good does anybody think nolan smith's good yeah i do well you have no proof of that yet shit you don't have any proof that dean's good And he's a third-round pick. But you want to save these draft choices like your guy's exceptional at linebacker and corner. And he's not. You haven't drafted a decent corner in 20 years. Cam Jurgens is eligible to return from IR this week. Be determined on what kind of shape he's in, too. Okay. I'll take the player over the pick. Look how the AJ deal worked out. Really, think about that for for um, uh, for a second here. That guy just said this. Um, I'll take AJ over the pick. Do you think that the Titans are happy with that kid from Arkansas? What's that kid from Arkansas they drafted? That's supposed to be the replacement for AJ Brown. Who was that kid they drafted? Who was that kid they drafted? Um, the Titans. Traylon Burks. Guy can't stay healthy. And he was the replacement for A.J. Brown. Do you think the Titans want that back? We're donating your kidney cell for certain. <laughs> and Hey, pro, you didn't know. Hey. Look at Pro. His name is not AJ. Yeah, well, get this. They traded AJ away because they saw 68 catches and 1,100 yards. They didn't see him as the player he is right now. They not only misevaluated the player, but they didn't look at his value. Two things that got that GM fired.
Eagles essentially get back a six-rounder. They gave up Byard's deal for a lineman that was hardly playing how we reloading on assets. Think about what they did and how that whole thing worked out. How he traded a one away, got A.J. Brown off a team that didn't want to pay him an additional $6 bucks. You look at his stats, they were pedestrian in Tennessee. 63 catches, 66 catches. They didn't know what they were doing with him. They valued Henry more. Shit, they valued Tannehill more. Shit, Tannehill got more money than Henry and A.J. Brown. That's why that GM got fired. That's why they got fired. We just overplayed Bumberry and no play say play and overpaying Sertan isn't going to work with the cap. Ray, the cap is made up. You can make any deal work. Ask the Rams, ask the Bucks, and ask Howie. They restructured Kevin Byard's deal too. And the cap hit that it was on Tennessee. They deferred it out. You can restructure. All of that. I agree, senor. The cap is almost to a point now where it's imaginary. These teams know how to manipulate that bitch better than anything. The cap is there for the owners to make excuses up on not paying players they don't want to play like Saquon Barkley. Okay? Hey, hey, I'll tell you this. I'm going to be shocked if Barkley's a giant tomorrow. That Bayard restructure almost guarantees he's here for next season as well, completely. And I would want him here. I would. And by the way, for him to get in and play as much as he did on Sunday is amazing. Shows you the skill he has. He may not have had a superstar game, but for him to get out there, know where to go and line up, you know how important it is just to know where to line up? Was insane great. He will get... Week in three weeks, that guy won't look like the same ball player. He won't look like the same ball player. Nathan, why would the Giants keep Barkley on the football team when Barkley doesn't want to be there anymore and the Giants don't want him? Why 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 would why would they want to do that? Okay. I would. What other young corners? I'm not giving up at one for no one else other than Patrick Sertain. Now the question will be: After what happened in Kansas City or against Kansas City, is Denver ready to put the white flag up? You know, you get a win like that against KC, it kind of puts a little starch back in you a little bit, and uh, you know, I don't know, and I, I don't know. Seals Gamewell's on the plane was on the phone during the game, doesn't that get you cut from a team? That's That can't be true. That can't be true. LJ, that can't be true. Kenny Gainwell was texting or tweeting. That can't be true. A tight game like that, I don't believe it. I, 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 I don't believe it. It's very true. Nick had had to address. He was pretty pissed. 
He's was he tweeting during the game of a tightly contested NFC East game. He's tweeting during the game. Instagram. <laughs> I'd bench him. But then again, I can't bench him for the I don't, I don't want to take him away from the Cowboy game. I would fine him. I would fine him and publicly humiliate him. Okay, I would let him know that that's unbecoming. Someone sent Gamewell a DM on Instagram telling him to play better, and he felt the need to respond at halftime. And Tone's like, what a dope. Holy cow. You respond to Johnny Nobody in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Some guy writing you some stupid shit. Texting, fumble, trade. <laughs> he was arguing with fans during a heatly contested NFC East game where his focus, if in your day he'd get cut on the spot, right? Hey, LJ, Jimmy Johnson's on tomorrow. Why don't we ask him? Send Gatewell to in Arizona, NFL hell. Man, can you imagine doing something like that with Jimmy? Here, I'll give you a story, Jimmy. We had a kid, a tight end from Clemson. was a third-round pick. This guy, we had to run our 16-110s. He's running, and all of a sudden, he didn't complete him. He goes like this to Jimmy. <coughs> I need my inhaler. I got asthma. And I, I'm running by him, and I'm, I'm I start shaking. <coughs> I got asthma. Jimmy comes running from the other side of the field. You got asthma. You see over there? That's the asthma field. It was on the other side of the fence at Valley Ranch. That's the asthma field. Get this guy's ass out of here. It cut him on the spot. A third round pick. Get him out of here. Asthma. <laughs> uh, asthma field is over there. Oh, man. <laughs> Cut him right there. Shit, I told you this story before. Played poorly against Washington. And it was really like a do-nothing game. Hey, hey, Tone, I've told you this before, too. We're, everyone's flying home. Shit, man. Everyone comes up, and they're getting ready to eat their dinner. Jimmy goes, I'm going to bring that up tomorrow, too, because he's on tomorrow at 530. Nobody's eating dinner. Flying back from Washington, D.C. after a game. They got beaten, and they're flying back. And Jimmy goes, no dinner. <laughs> That's right, egg. Hey. That guy you guys see on Fox, hey, Tone, that guy you see on Fox, that ain't the same dude. That's not the same dude, man. Hey, Sills, I did some digging. It turns out the biggest liability 
in coverage in that Commanders game was Bradbury, not Slay. Stats coming. Slay in coverage against Commanders. Eight targets, six receptions, 38. One PBU, zero TDs. He lined up against five different wideouts throughout the game. Bradbury in coverage against Commanders, seven targets, four receptions, 70 yards, two TDs. Yeah, Bradbury got killed. Hey, and by the way, didn't Slay, didn't he uh, limp in and off the field? Wasn't he like, wasn't he like nicked up in that ball game too a little bit? So it's Bradbury walking back. You mean the guy you paid the money to in the offseason? Oof, that hurts more. At least with Slay, he took a $3.5 million pay cut. <clears throat> that's Jimmy trying to – hey, Neil, that's what my friends all say. Jimmy's trying to get into heaven now? Yeah. He's just trying to get into heaven. Uh, he, hey, he don't believe in Santa. He don't believe in Christmas cards. <laughs> he don't believe in any of that. Don't ever bring up Santa Claus around Jimmy Johnson. He don't believe in Santa. He he does now for, I guess, grandkids and shit, but yeah, he, he, he don't buy any of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird being around him during the holidays. It's a gimmick. I'm like, what's a gimmick? He goes, those Christmas cards are gimmick. I'm like, you never wrote a Christmas? Yeah, absolutely not. I don't write Christmas cards to anybody. I'm like, wait a minute. I'll, I'm, I'm going to bring all this shit up tomorrow. I'll, I promise you. He goes like this, Christmas cards? It's a gimmick. I said, do you ever say Merry Christmas? He goes, Shh. Merry Christmas. <laughs> No Christmas cards. Thought it was a gimmick. Philly fans pelted Jimmy with snowballs just like Santa. Yeah, well, real. Jimmy helped the Cowboys win three Super Bowls. How you doing? <laughs> and the Cowboys, hey, you know the greatest thing ever happened to the Philadelphia Eagles? Jerry Jones did the worst thing in the history of his ownership, fired Jimmy. Do you realize that, Tone? The best thing ever happened to the Philadelphia Eagle fan base is that Jerry Jones' incompetence reared its head by firing the most successful coach he's ever had. <laughs> Look at Neil go pre-cap. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure Jimmy would have adapted to that like he did the NFL from the college game. It only took him three years to win a Super Bowl. How you doing? Oh, and by the way, he went one in 15. <laughs> Guy goes from one in 15, two years later, wins a Super Bowl. I don't know. That might be considered good. What's your thoughts on a cheap experience O-lineman like Dalton Reisner from the Broncos? Not the best, but steady. Who's the O-line coach up there in Denver? Who's the Denver guy? I can't think who the Denver O-line coach is. And you got to figure out, is Denver waving the white flag? Hey, Neil. Neil goes like this. <clears throat> Jimmy Jimmy got 900 picks for that. Hey, Neil, you want to know why he got 900 picks? Because Jimmy changed the game. 
Hey, it's strife up there. Um, knows he he he's friends with Stoutland. Yeah, he's friends with Stoutland. That's not a bad move. That's not a bad move. Okay? That's not a bad move. I like the move, actually. Okay? I, I, I like the move. Denver. Yeah, we saw that. Thank you, Dirty D. Hey, one thing about that Johnson trade with Herschel. Remember he traded for all those players? <clears throat> Who were some of the players? I mean, remember all the players that were traded with Minnesota? You want to hear something that back in the NFL they did? So he sent Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings, right? Jimmy Johnson rolled in every single one of those players from that trade and told them, you'll never play a down in Dallas. Not one of those Minnesota Vikings ever played a snap for the Cowboys and for him. You know what they reverted into? Draft picks. Jimmy didn't want the players. He wanted the picks. So he knew every one of those players, because it was like a six-player deal and plus some first-rounders. Jimmy wanted the picks. Not one of those players ever suited up and played for the Dallas Cowboys. They all reverted into draft choices. Okay? Crazy great. And then they changed the rule on that. Yeah, if you want to, you're either trading for players or you're trading for picks. The NFL changed the rule on that after that. Because that's what Jimmy, Jimmy made 57 trades in five years, the most in a five-year trading period in NFL history to this day. All right, I'm going to take a timeout. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Hurts versus Dak Prescott. Who you got? Who you got? Do I even have to look? After week eight projected stats, A.J. Brown, 128, 1995, 11 TDs. Devontae Smith, 83 catches, 1024, six touchdowns. That would be amazing. 2,000 yards. What's the record? 1954? Megatron? Is that the record tone? 1954. Isn't it some shit like that? It's like, um, I think Megatron's got like, I think he had. By the way, 100. Calvin Johnson, 1964. Okay. 1964. Wow. Now, it's 17 games versus 16 games. So, it's kind of like the Babe Ruth-Roger Maris conversation. Got an extra game to do it. Does he do it in 16 games? Doubtful. Okay. Okay. It's only one more game, though. I don't know. Man. Crazy. Look at it like this. AJ has no, was a no-show in weeks two, in the first two weeks. So it checks. Oh, oh. He, see what Tone's doing. 
he didn't really play in the first two weeks. So we take that away. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, what an eagle, man. <laughs> what an eagle guy, man. Okay. Sills, you're really going to count those first two weeks? You know, the flare up on the side. We start everything from the flare up. You get it, right? Oh. Merit, the shield shines again. <laughs> This guy's Philly through and through, man. He'll never, ever not be anything other than that. Holy cow. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right. Let's take a look at week eight of the NFL here. That's how you do it, Sills. <laughs> okay, Brian. Oh, so you subscribe to that behavior, huh? All right. Oh. Sills, would you trade for Aaron Donald? They don't need Aaron Donald. They have him. Jalen Carter. They don't need him. No. I got two, I got I got two Aaron Donalds. I don't need another one. And plus he's old. Imagine that. I would not trade for Aaron Donald. Because I don't need him. I, I don't need that guy. I need Jalen Carter back in there. All right, let's look at week eight. How about the Browns getting taken out by the Seahawks? Hawks now 24 to 20. They win that game over the Browns. They're five and two on the season. Geno, 254, two touchdowns. I was just like Tone here. I want to see you do it again. Guess what? He is. Hey, hey, Tone, real quick, what's he what's he projected? His track to be on this year, um, Geno Smith from a year ago. What's he what's he looking like he could throw for this year? Because whatever it is up in Seattle, this guy has been reincarnated into an NFL quarterback. I mean, all the things you thought about him when he was at West Virginia, a decade later, he's coming out in Seattle. Eagles just traded street to Atlanta to open a roster spot, how he got another move coming. Yeah, I think that's tomorrow as well. Trey says 3,900 yards. That's what he's on track for. I'm, I, I, Rashid, I'm happy for Gino too, man. He's a South Florida kid. Um, everyone likes him down there. And for me, I, I'm really happy for him. I, I am. I'm glad he, he's doing it again. Okay? Gino's on pace for 546 attempts, 369 completions, 60. Last year, he led the NFL in completion percentage. 22 touchdowns and 15 picks. Picks numbers are high, but on pace for 4,000 passing yards. And you're 5-2. and two. So guess what they're doing? They're doing the same thing in Seattle that they're doing in Philly. They're learning to live with the turnovers because they're up in the volume and passing attempts. It's kind of what they're doing there, too. Um, Ravens, 31-24 over the Cardinals, now 6-2. and two. I thought that'd be a landing spot for um, Derrick Henry. But I, I think Mike Vrabel stepped in. We're not doing that. I don't know why, because at the end of the year, he walks. Maybe what they want him to do is just walk out of the building, and they're not going to trade him. And they're going to let him go because they have too much respect for him as a Titan. 
I loved what he said too. Do you hear what he said? Someone asked him, what about the Titans saying that you're not going to be dealt and they don't want to deal you? And he goes like this, I'm a Titan and I'm a Titan right now. And I'm glad to be a Titan. Hey, Sills, in this new passing NFL, should we expect more double-digit INT seasons for quarterbacks? Should we begin to adjust? Yes. Yeah, that's what that's what we that was our conversation, Tone. I think that's something I have to deal with. When you see high when you see high when you see high volume of 700 passing attempts and you see 15 interceptions, common sense would tell you that if you were to go back into the normal days of the NFL, um more passing attempts are going to create and get this, the league wants the games closer. This is the perfect way for the league to keep parity going with the great quarterbacks. You know how you do it? You throw the ball more, more opportunity for pick sixes. It creates fantasy numbers for DBs. Think of what you've done with the high volume of passes when it comes to fantasy football. Is a cornerback not a valued guy when you're picking your fantasy team? Does he create fantasy points for you, a secondary guy, a corner guy, or a safety guy? In today's NFL now, because there's more passing volume, well, that comes down to prop bets. For example, when Dak threw all those INTs last year, it wasn't the amount of INTs that was the problem. It was the fact that he threw so many in 12 games. Not That's right. There were, there were too many bunches. If Jalen Hurts throws three touchdown passes a game and one pick a game, are you okay with that? I'm totally okay with that. Especially if he's throwing the ball 650 times. You could only count. You could only, I mean, at the end of the day, you, what would you expect him to be? Like I said, you hey, how about this? How about this one, Tone? Do you know what the more of the novelty is when you're comparing quarterbacks? The two quarterbacks you can't compare anybody to are Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. You're never going to see, you're never going to see statistics with touchdowns to interceptions like you did with Rodgers and the amount of volume of passing attempts. Nobody throws the ball 650 times and has four picks and 45 touchdowns. <laughs> no, it, nobody does that. It's just not going to happen. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are literally free. Yeah, you're just – one guy was exceptionally gifted at being accurate, knew where to go with the ball. Remember something. You know why that it, the volume has come down with touchdown interceptions for Aaron Rodgers? What's the number one thing that's changed? He's older. Aaron Rodgers in the perimeter, when he broke the perimeter, was in open space, was undefensible. He was just undefensible. I mean, open space, and he gets to pick passing lanes. Wide open passing lanes, like you're throwing through a car door. Except he was way better than Favre. Favre was more entertaining to watch. Brett Favre was by far more entertaining. But Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. You know what's crazy, too? Packer fans in my opinion, will revere Favre more than they will Rodgers. And yet they did the same, but Rodgers was better. Because you can relate to you can relate more to Favre than you can to Rodgers. 
By the way, maybe all them mushrooms that he smokes and maybe all that like um, that um, CBD oil that he sprinkles on himself and, you know, all the saltpeter that he takes and shit and all that other stuff that he rubs on his cannoli and shut, you know, maybe that's going to heal his Achilles. I don't know. You know, this guy hangs out at, um, you know, at pot smoking conventions and shit and has a hookah in the house. And I don't know, man, maybe, 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 maybe when you're talking about getting your Achilles fixed, you hang out with Rogers and you go into the desert, turn the lights off or go into a cave and you eat a box of mushrooms. I don't know. Guy. Hey, Hey, Tone, think of this. This is how I'm going to heal my Achilles. This guy goes into a cave, puts a rock in front of it, Eats mushrooms out of a box, comes out a week later, his Achilles is healed. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Hey, right? Shit, man. We we know now how to beat the hey, can can we do this? <clears throat> For the Chiefs and Eagle game, can we somehow make it so that Tyler Swift is not there because it looks like um, it lo- it looks like Travis Kelsey gets his little heart broken when his girlfriend doesn't show up. Man, she didn't come and see me. You know, I don't have it. Where, where's my where's my whoopee? <laughs> I don't know. You know, his little girlfriend didn't show up and he played like shit against the Denver Broncos. I don't know, man. You know, maybe somehow we keep her out of the building. I don't know. When the Broncos won, they played Tyler Swift on the jumbo drum. <laughs> that is dope. Yes, sir. <laughs> I thought she was a Philly chick anyway. Wasn't she an Eagle fan? I could have swore I'd seen her in an Eagle jacket. Taylor Swift. I don't get it. I don't think she's that good looking. I mean, I don't see it. By the way, sorry, Travis, but the guy that beat you, Sierra, if you're going to put – women on a pedestal. <laughs> Sierra's one of the top five best looking women on the planet. <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift, man, she looks like some chick from Nebraska, you know, singing country tunes to me. I'm with you, dude. Taylor Swift is very average. I mean, I'm with you. She's tall and I don't see it. I just, I don't see the appeal. And hey, Sierra's something special. So, hey, dude, I'm going to say, hey, Stone. Sierra's easily one of the top five best-looking women on the planet. I mean it. I mean, I've seen her in person. She's stunning. You're like this. Okay. Wow. I saw her at a Super Bowl in San Francisco, and she was hanging out, obviously, with Russell Wilson. They were at an event, an NFL event, and she comes walking up, and you're like this. Okay. That's one of the five best-looking women I've ever seen and anyone's ever seen. It's like Sophia Loren. <laughs> Not that some of you would know who she is, but it's an age group thing. Man, she is smoking. Bengals got it right. They blast the 49ers, 31-17. And Joe Burrow, 283, three touchdowns. Bengals look like they're back rolling again. Broncos crushed the Chiefs 24-9. What? Titans 
about this kid, Will Lee, was 238, four touchdowns. Henry had 101, 28-23, three and four on the season. They're kind of there still. Too much makeup for me? Um, Like, Sierra doesn't wear makeup. <laughs> Sierra Dude, Sierra doesn't need makeup. Okay? Taylor Swift needs makeup. Okay? Sierra doesn't need anything. She could be bald. <laughs> She's smoking, dude. You got I'm hey, I don't mean to Google like that, but I've seen her in person. It's really unbelievable. Wow. Hey, Tone. In insane. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Insane. Jacks continue to get it done. Beat the Steelers 20 to 10, 6 and 2. Trevor Lawrence, 292, touchdown. He's playing really good ball. Really good ball. Um, Panthers get it done against the Texans in the iconic 15-13 game. 235, one touchdown for Bryce. Oh, here it is. The Cowboys annihilate the Rams. Annihilate. 43-20. to 20. Beat the Rams by 23 points. How you doing? Wow, what an iconic performance by Dak. 304, four touchdowns. CD looking like AJ. 158. I could just feel Tone and the entire Eagle fan base going. He doesn't mean it. He knows better. He's just trying to goat me. It's not going to work, Sills. I'm onto your stupid shit. I got it. You're not goading me. You're you're just not goading me. I I know what you're doing. How about Dak with those four Sills? Seriously. It's like asking me Sierra or Taylor Swift. I know who you would take now. <laughs> you're right. I can't take Dak. Not happening. How about Kirk Cousins, man? Blows his Achilles out. Um, 274, two touchdowns. And just as the Vikings were getting it back together, they went 24-20, four and four. Lions tonight, big game for them, man, because they could separate from the rest of the group there in the NFC North. Dolphins beat the Patriots 31-17. You think the Patriots would sell? Where are they going? Man. Tua! <laughs> what a season two is having. Okay. He had his chance. He didn't. Hey, this is what I say to you. They bounce back against the Patriots. He throws for 324 and three touchdowns. Against a two and six Patriots team, and I'm supposed to go like this. What what a great year he's having. Yeah, but why do I see him against the Eagles and the Bills? And he shits the bed. You gotta play in big games, son. Right? Saints beat the Colts 38-27. Carr, 3-10, two touchdowns, underachieving Saints. 
this had to be the worst football game in pro. I would say this, this had to be the worst football game in the history of the National Football League. You could make the argument that the Jets and Giants game were the two worst games, two worst teams, and this was the worst game had to be since 1920 when they first started the NFL. 13-10. <laughs> I mean, more runs have a chance of being scored tonight in the World Series than how many points were scored in that Giants-Jets thing. This was a game that was supposed to have Daniel Jones versus Aaron Rodgers, and you had Danny DeVito's nephew versus the MILF hunter, and nobody likes the MILF hunter, and nobody knows who the quarterback of the Giants is. I mean, <laughs> Zach Wilson, 241 and a touchdown. Dude, he's terrible in the right. You talk about red zone problems. He's terrible. Chargers win over the iconic Bears. 298, three touchdowns for Justin Herbert. And tonight, Raiders and Lions. What do you got tonight? By the way, I'm going to say this to you about the quarterbacks. Let me do this to you here. Justin Herbert beating the Bears. So what? Um, Derek Carr beating the Colts. So what? Tua beating the Patriots. So what? Dak beating the Rams. So what? Trevor Lawrence beating the Steelers, something. 292 and one. Um, Burrow beating the 49ers, a big deal. 283 and three. I think they're four and three now in the season, right? I think that's a pretty big deal. All right, what do you got tonight? Lions and Raiders. It's in Detroit, too. I got 29-17. Lions. 29-17. Raiders without Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett would have made a difference. Okay. <laughs> Dude, they could get Ben Roethlisberger back off the scrap heap and that'd be a better ball game than having that guy. Right? Lions 31. Lions 33-19, bounce back in a big way. Jimmy Johnson tomorrow at 5.30. Dak going for win nine or lost four? Yes, Dak. <laughs> I'm going to say this to you guys. Yeah, oh, he's slapping that ass. Let me say this. I'm going I'm to say this. This is a chance for you to choke these guys out. Do it. Choke them out. You could put them to sleep for the rest of the year, not have to worry about them for the next 10 years. Okay? You guys were awesome. Please hit the like button. Xander, Big Joe, thank you. Tone, killing it, dude. Absolutely killing it. Jimmy Johnson, tomorrow at 530. Tone will be with us again at 330 tomorrow. Dave wants that, 430. Boomer Esiason on Thursday. Merrill Reese also on Thursday. Whole week lined up for you already. We appreciate everybody doing this. Enjoy the game tonight and two to six tomorrow. And we shall see you on the flip side.
Football and Hooters, the perfect pair. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.